Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello everybody and welcome back to the Triple Jump podcast. It's a video game podcast. My name is Ben. And my name is Peter. She's not here. She's not here. She's sick she's of got, us. Yes, she's got plops as in on holiday. International holiday plops. Yeah. We hope Ashton Matthews is having a wonderful holiday. Uh, but as it stands, it's myself and Peter, mm-hmm. the original duo. OG. The OG. Duo spelt with a a with G. a G, yeah, original the original duo. duo. Yeah. Uh, and later on in the big discussion, we will be joined by James Jenkins, uh, but we'll get to that in a little bit. Yeah, it's just uh, right in his wheelhouse, his area of expertise, so yeah. James will be joining us later on. How you doing, Peter? I'm doing all right, thank you. How are you? Yes, good. Uh, tomorrow is our, as it's called, summerish. Uh, triple jump cultaholic party it is yeah uh, last year we went to the caravan park yes. and everyone got covid mm-hmm. uh, except me except you i was yeah. pretty much the only person who i didn't. was terrified because i was about to go on my international holiday plops mm. and uh i thought plops for it. i'm gonna get like actual plops mm. so i can't go on my real plops oh no uh, fortunately i i got away with it but a lot of people did get covid including ashton i think yeah and uh kieran who edits this podcast um, so we've <laughs> hopefully this time no no COVID. Yeah. Uh, but that that's happening tomorrow, which is exciting. I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to it as well. Having yeah. a few drinkles and some. Uh, it says the the brief says buffet, mm-hmm. and I'm hoping it's like children's birthday party finger food, like cold chicken nuggets, party rings. You know. Well, it said the buffet, full shebang. It said buffet when it was first being discussed, and it's like, hey, who can do these dates? There will be buffet and bar. And then since then, I think actually there's only been a mention of a bar and not a buffet. But I've Are got sure? to assume that I thought I thought we may have to check. I'm, I'm have to check now. I'm getting really if there's a bar and there's not because I was counting on buffet too. Die. And then I'm sure no, I, I saw die. a message recently and thought, oh man, he didn't actually mention the buffet there. But I'm really looking forward to it. Unfortunately, though, uh, our writer Cat and Ashton Matthews will both have holiday plops, so yeah. neither of them can can make it. So it will be a slightly smaller triple jump representation than usual. After that, we'll head to location for five p- five p.m. Hmm. where where there's a buffet and money behind the bar for drinks. Get in. Okay, cool. It's so already happened. The so. cocktail sausages. They're on. We'll, yes. we'll let you know how it goes next week. But currently, that's all that's occupying my mind mm-hmm. Yeah, is the very exciting buffet. Yeah, uh, We've got a sponsor that we do each and every week. And uh, uh, it's my turn mm. to read it. And I have neglected to check my emails to... You've definitely got one, though. I've got one. It'll be in your inbox somewhere. I've got one in my inbox. Let me just... I tell you what, let me just check for a second. What's coming out this week that, um, that might have been sent as a sponsor? This week... Uh, we are sponsored by the upcoming uh, zoological exhibit, Yeah, what, what you can go and see. 
Um, it's a tie-in with a with a video game that's about to come out, mm. uh, and it's what's the closest zoo to here? What'd you say? Uh, Northumberland and Wildlife Park. Northumberland I've Wildlife been. Park. Okay, good. I I knew you would know. Yeah. Uh, introducing the new section for one week only. Why don't you go and see the Mortal Wombat? Oh, excellent. There's only one. Yeah. Mortal Wombat. Brackets one. Anyone would believe that was definitely, that had been in your inbox for a long time. And, it came and, to me so easily. Yeah. I didn't even have to unlock my phone. I was like, you know what? I did read this. Yeah. It's the Mortal Wombat at Northumberland what? Wildlife Park. Wildlife Park. What can you tell me about him? Well, he's pretty he dangerous. Um, Juan. Juan. Yes. Yeah. Okay. The Mortal Wombat. Xiao Juan. Sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. However, whichever way you want to interpret it. He's called Juan. Um, he's the mortal wombat. He's uh, called the mortal wombat. I initially said because he's dangerous. That doesn't make sense. It's because he's very aware of his own mortality. Right, yeah. He doesn't take any risks. He he's, could die at any moment. He's the safest wombat around. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Or, mm-hmm. given that he's in the northeast and it's Northumberland Wildlife Park, yeah. he's just drunk all the time. Because that's be. what they say up here. He's mortal. Flipping mortal. He's, they don't say flipping. No, they, they say don't. They stronger say something words. a little harsher than that. Yeah. So go and take the kids to see the mortal wombat, Juan, at... Northumberland Wildlife Northumberland, Park. I keep wanting to say Huddersfield Wildlife <laughs> Park, and that's not it at all. No. Uh, or you could, if it were real. Unfortunately, Northumberland Wildlife Park is not actually oh, real, no. uh, but the mortal wombat, Juan, is real. You just need to find him. He's in your heart, mm-hmm. deep down. Uh, is, there, is Dead Island 2 the spider in here today? Can you... Um, because Ashton, I think Dead Island Two: The Spider is still down there, but I am worried about about his mortality because he's not moved in about a month. No, um, while Ashton's been away, there's one up there as well, just above you. Oh yeah, there is. Uh, yeah. He's also not moved in quite a while. Not sure about the but state of his I think that's just what they being. do. They're like they're like crocodiles in the bayou. They eat a, a deer and then they, they just, just sit there for three months. That thing's eaten a deer. Yeah, or at least the equivalent. To what would be maybe a mouse or something? Yeah, just a whole it's a big mouse. spider. So Dead Island Two, the spiders here. Uh, no, we're not sponsored by Mortal Wombat Juan. Uh, we are in fact sponsored by our wonderful patrons over at patreoncom forward slash Team Triple Jump. If you support us there, you get loads of flipping rewards. At the five dollar tier, you get access to Rules Boss, Main Menu, Early Worst Games, Early Weirdest Games, Asking Questions on this blooming podcast. Whoa, it's exciting. It's yeah. an exciting time to be a patron. Go mm-hmm. to patreon.com forward slash team triple jump. A couple of things to clear up before we get started. Tripleju.mp is our website. There you can find links to our YouTube, Twitch, Discord. If you want a cameo from us, you can go there. Triplejumpshop.com. Head over there. Buy yourself some merchies. Uh, in fact, you can not you can get that design on a t-shirt that Peter's wearing. This shirt is a is a Patreon exclusive patreon exclusive that's part of a fan pack if you sign up at certain tiers Mm -hmm. and get yourself one of these it's got billy ray walrus on the front it says uh walrus what does it say wait can't even read it you stay there it says billy ray walrus is what it says a treat for the video watchers what are you doing he's walking around he's holding up billy really close to the camera he's so blurry there he is look it's this it's the same guy yeah his face is just like the face on my shirt. Perfect. Almost like it is his it's face. Almost like it's a photo of that same walrus. Although this photo is fr- it's from 
a much younger Billy Ray Warris yeah. because this Billy Ray Warris has been through the wars and I think the Billy this Ray was, War, Warsris. Yes. And this photo was taken maybe 2017. In his youth. In his youth. That was taken he was chucked culture, about. wasn't it? It was, yeah. yeah. Michael Johnson took that photo. Mm. Uh, so yes, go get yourself one of these. What else? What's happening? What else are we talking about? Yeah, the Patreon. Uh, what's out this week? What's happening this week, Peter? Did you say to put Yeah, you did. That's why we're talking about merch. Yeah. Uh, Shop.com. Uh, so speaking of um, things that you might be able to purchase from our shop, you can also head to eBay because at the moment we've got an eBay auction on. It ends on Monday though. So if, if you've... Uh, only listen to this podcast some days after it's come out you may have missed it yeah. um but you can head to triple jur.merp that's ju.mp forward slash auction mm. apparently some people that link doesn't seem to be working for them but like lots of other people it does work but if you just works for me yeah me too if you search for cultaholic on ebay then you will find us it's just being sold through our cultaholic uh ebay account i think my art is the least popular art so far which well, I'm, which i'm trying not to take personally but also i could fly into a, like a, a manic rage you at could any moment like an artist but it's fluctuated because exactly. at first mine was the least popular mm. um ashton's is very popular um because it's, it's really good yeah for context because <laughs> i've not actually said specifically what is for sale on ebay are our arts that we did on SMTJ and also the remainder of the slime bath with two Fs that yes. we used to make the gunge, which is all signed. And uh, so you can own a relic from SMTJ if you so choose. So head to eBay to do that. Absolutely. Uh, Merp forward slash auction. Uh, worst Games Ever um, has come out. Wait, for it's patrons. Saturday for patrons. Tomorrow for everyone else. Disney's Dinosaur. <sighs> It was classic, that one. It was uh, something. It was a game, mm -hmm. and uh, that's it. And uh, also, we had a sponsored list this week as well, didn't we, Ben? We did. Uh, the Super Bomberman R2. This is not part of the, the 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 paid promotion. We're just saying, hey, there was a yeah. there was a sponsored list. We don't that went have to tell channel. you about it. But We'd we really appreciate it if you want to support us. Go and watch that video because the views help there, and I imagine there's probably like a trackable link in the description or something. If you could click through that, that would really help us out. Yep. Just to show the the PR folk that hey, we should work with these guys again. We certainly said in the voiceover that there's a link. I assume there is a trackable link. I, I, well, well, we'll flip yeah. and see. So yeah. go check that out if you haven't already. Uh, one final thing before we get started is that none of the questions today cover the uh, Unity engine shenanigans, yeah. which are currently blowing up. So we just wanted to quickly acknowledge that. If you're unfamiliar, uh, Unity have just announced a, well... Saying unpopular would be an understatement. Uh, pivot in how they license the engine out to developers in that they are going to start taking a per-install fee uh, going forwards and potentially going backwards as well. Yeah. And so a lot of developers who get, whose games are made on Unity and are extremely popular are very worried. A lot of developers who are most of the way through production on their game are very worried. They have now walked it back with a couple of clarifications but needless to say, we didn't want to progress through this podcast and not talk about what is potentially yeah. the biggest story of the week. We just haven't been asked about it. Uh, so go and do some additional reading if you're interested. But uh, Unity Engine, it's all kind of blowing up in their faces. Certainly is. No doubt there'll be probably more developments over the next few days or weeks. And so, hey, if you want to get your question asked, answered, slash asked on the podcast, then you can... Uh, Maybe ask that next time yes. um, on Patreon, and we probably will pick it. Absolutely. Unless something even bigger happens this week. Maybe, um, what's his name? Bobby Kotick is actually jettisoned into an active volcano, Whoa. as we talked about on SMTJ Live. That could that could happen. I'm it not saying happen. it will, but... 
would talk about it. Well, also, there's a PlayStation showcase happening tonight. They're as flipping well, is, yeah, state of play. So, so, yeah. Don't know if there's going to be anything big coming out of that. They said indies and third party games, but. And well, I think focusing we'll on see. stuff that's already been announced. But, uh, yeah, so that has happened by the time this podcast goes out. We're not covering that either. It hasn't happened. It's not happened now. Now. At the time of recording. Exactly. So. We're in a state of flux. Mm, a state of play. Peter, yeah, that was very good. Thank and you. And can you please read the first question? I'll read it now. It's from Richard Major, who says, Hi, BAP. It's actually just BP. This week, there was the hashtag Apple event, and they revealed the new iPhone 15 and iPhone 15 Pro series. At the event, there was a bit of a surprise announcement. Resi 4 Remake, Resi Village, Death Stranding, and the brand new Assassin's Creed Mirage will all be getting releases for the iPhone 15 Pro, thanks to its new CPU and GPU updates. My question is, how much do we think these iPhone 15 Pro Hello. I did the wrong line. I went back to the start on the same line. How much do we think these games will cost? They're the uh, they're the proper full console slash PC versions of the game with graphics to match. So will they cost console game prices? £50, £60, £70? Also, would you want to play a full console game on your phone? I personally think phone games are better when they're designed for phones. Candy Crush, Fruit Ninja, etc. Maybe I'm out of touch. I'm sure Apple have all the data to back up these choices. Thanks, Richard. Thanks, Richard. Thanks, Richard. I've got a bit of a write-up here from a couple of sources. IGN says... Apple says its iPhone 15 Pro represents the next generation of mobile gaming with support for console and PC games previously unavailable on mobile hardware. Revealed at today's Apple Wonderlust event, iPhone 15 Pro is getting a lineup of AAA games, including native versions of Resi 4 Remake, Resi Village, Death Stranding, and Assassin's Creed Mirage. Apple also teased huge performance upgrades and ray tracing for games on iPhone. Uh, And Touch Arcade adds... Uh, because they got some clarification specifically about Capcom and Resident Evil. Uh, It says, Resident Evil 4 Remake and Resident Evil Village are due this year for iPhone 15 15 Pro, iPad, M1, and later models, and Mac OS. On the App Store, both games will be a free download with a one-time in-app purchase to access the full game, which just sounds like a very complicated way of saying you, you pay for it once. Yeah, As opposed do you to download a demo sort of, or trial? Or yeah, something, and then or? I guess upgrade it. But it's not some sort of subscription service. It's not a Game Pass style thing. or Right, Apple Arcade. Uh, uh, yeah. Um, uh, a price point has not been revealed yet, he said. <sighs> well, I mean, mm. it's extremely impressive. It's very impressive, assuming that it actually runs properly. But I can't imagine they would announce it and say this is happening if it didn't i hope it looks like roblox yeah i hope it you know those uh there's a couple of channels that do this on youtube where they set the graphical quality to uh, like the lowest it possibly can be but then they they sort of hack it so they can really just set set it to the bottom of the barrel just some triangles it's just a load of shapes blurry shapes moving around i i sincerely hope it looks like that it won't know i'm sure it'll look great yeah yeah um so yeah it's very impressive for sure Mm. uh i think sort of logically and in in a business sense you would expect them to be charging maybe not quite 70 pounds because presumably it won't be the full uh, you know the the best way to play necessarily Mm. but i i suspect they could charge 50 quid or or something like that and people would pay for it given that the alternative is paying an extra 20 quid on a different console or a different a platform. Good thing to look up, which I neglected to do because I've just had the thought, is how much uh, N-Gage games were. Because I know they, mm. they did not have parity with console games, uh, but there were plenty of licensed video games on there. And I imagine as the the core 
you know, appeal of of that phone mm. <laughs> was to play games on it, that those little cartridges probably cost a fair whack. Yeah. And also, I don't even know what the going rate for a, a very, very good or very high-end mobile game is at the moment before no. the, you know, the next iPhone comes out. I mean, I know we're talking a, a big difference in hardware. So the very best mobile games out there now are not going to be presumably comparable to Resident Evil Village, for example. But yeah. There must be, if you go to the very top of the game kind of thing and look for the the most intensive mobile games out there, I don't know how much the going rate is for one of those because I just don't play enough mobile games. No. Um, Last time I played something that could run on consoles was maybe when I first got an iPhone 3G mm. back in 2000 and whatever. And uh, I bought Final Fantasy 2 on it. Right. And that that was sub £10. But yeah. al- already that game was, you know, 20-odd years old. Mm-hmm. This is the thing is that, like, I can't imagine paying something like 50 quid for a mobile game because it's just no. such an alien concept. But if it's a game of that quality, then that's sort of what it's worth, isn't it? Um, but, yeah, I'm just so used to... I agree with Richard, actually, that, um, you know, phone games are probably better when they are games that are designed for phones, you know, you candy crushes and you fruit, fruit ninjas. Um, we saw a silly image today on Slack that you shared mm-hmm. where it was just a screenshot from resident. Evil. I think that's a real, I've saw, I've seen Is it, it in really? a couple of, I don't know, but I've seen it in a couple of articles. Oh my God. I'm not sure where it's this, this, a screenshot from resident evil 4 remake and then overlaid is one of those like where you can see the thumbstick and all the buttons yeah all the virtual buttons on the screen taking up most of the screen because there are that many buttons that you need to use on on an iphone um this is the this is the next question there is how how are these going to play in terms of controller uh Mm. style because i the reason i assume that was a joke is because there were like shoulder buttons on there and like you can't You've only got two thumbs. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. how can you possibly be doing more than a thumbstick and, and one face button when you don't have your fingers in play to use shoulder buttons? Well, if it's going to be similar, mm. because another game I actually played, back when I used to try and play games on my phone, even then they weren't porting games, you know, because now you can get GTA San Andreas yeah, on your phone yeah. and stuff. Uh, back when I was playing it, I think there was some. there was a Doom game that was very much tooled for phones where you tilted the screen around to aim and you had a couple uh, of virtual right, yeah. buttons but it was largely on rails that's i imagine one of the only ways that they could you know simplify it and and adapt it but at that point it's not as described which is you know hey it's the it's the version that you can you can play yeah. at home on your console or have some kind of controller connectivity which yeah uh, the controller connectivity i think is probably the only way this is actually going to be playable which begs the question who who is this for? Yeah. Because I know some people, as we talked about last week, with the, uh, whatever it's called, the PlayStation thing. Yes. <laughs> the remote play device. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is an audience for that. But is there enough of an audience for this that they're going to make their money back from porting costs? Presumably, as this was a big announcement, Apple have actually shelled out some money to, mm-hmm. to get these developers to put their games on it to show what can be done rather than you know, Capcom deciding, oh, there's a big new powerful iPhone. What if we ported Resident Evil Village to it? Because when you say that, that sounds absurd. And also, those games have a massive file size, so they're going to take up presumably a huge portion of of the phone's... Yeah, this is uh, not cloud gaming. This is an actual app on your phone. There's a lot of questions 
as we said, I think it's very impressive. For me, absolutely not. Yeah. This is not how I want to experience this game. Uh, thankfully, iPhones from a certain generation onwards do support like the backbone, um, mm. you know, thing that you slot your phone into yeah. and can use as a controller. Uh, but it's just the if you're buying an iPhone for this, then I have some serious questions for you because I've got the prices here. Yeah. Bearing in mind that it is not designed to be compatible with the base model of the iPhone 15, which is £799. And obviously Brilliant. a lot of people are going to get these on a contract and they're going to yeah. be paying so much a month, they're not going to be paying the full price. But for a for the Pro, it's £999. And the Pro Max is £1,199. So if you are that desperate to experience a Resident Evil game on the go, why wouldn't you get a Steam Deck? Yeah. And also... If you're if you just want to play these games, you could get a really good you get a pretty decent PC for that money. You could also get a console and a television for that money. Yeah. It's and the best copy of the game, like some sort of collector's edition that's been flipped on the internet. Yes. I um, I would be curious to see who actually is really excited about this beyond yeah. just a power play on Apple's part of saying, "Yeah, look how powerful it's our doable. phone is. Yeah, we yeah. can do it." Uh, is this something I want to do? No, it is not. Mm -hmm. Even like I, I'm not interested in the new, the new phones anyway. Like no. that doesn't, that doesn't bother me. I don't use my phones, my phone for anything other than sometimes watching media on it, yeah, social media and making phone calls and sending texts. Mm -hmm. So that's that's largely what I use my phone for. So I don't need a big powerful phone. And I mean, all the power to you if you if you're gonna drop, you know. 1200 bloody quid on a on a phone so you can play resident evil 4 remake yeah. but there are lots of other ways you can do it for a lot cheaper that you know will let you play other games on them too it's like a it's almost though like a, a new kind of mini not console war but um you know you talk about gaming on the go really the alternative is the switch mm -hmm. um but then you might say well i really want to play resident evil in which case it comes down to quote unquote exclusives right. uh depending on which hardware you want so if you're saying like hey i really want a game on the go and my choices are the switch or the iphone um then other than the ridiculous price point and the fact that i would like to see whether this can actually run these games properly um you, you'll <laughs> it, it comes down to whether you want to play zelda or resident evil uh with your gaming on the go and whether it's even possible to connect some sort of controller to this phone or if it really is going to be virtual buttons on your screen yeah um and so. if it is and those virtual buttons are accurate mm. that looks like perhaps the least comfortable way to play that game yeah. because you're not going to be able to play it holding the phone you're going to have to put the phone down flat you're gonna have to like crab claw it you know, to move around and it would you'd be covering be, up the screen. You'd be covering it. up loads of the screen and it would be so hard to move, aim and shoot mm. because you don't, you just, the shoulder buttons are there for your, you know, your two fingers on the, yeah. to, to, to press. And if they're on the front of the thing, you're just going to be <laughs> like, like you're controlling a puppet. Yeah, a marionette. exactly. I'm sort of, obviously I'm uh, being facetious comparing it to the switch, but uh, you know, it's, that's kind of the point is that like this, just because it can run these games, if it can, hmm. uh, it doesn't necessarily mean that it should do or yeah. that this is a way to play them because it sounds like, yeah, it might have the hardware capable, it might have the processing power, but seemingly, until we learn more, does not really have the controller input uh, hardware available or software. Mm -hmm. So Without buying 
aftermarket yes. add-ons. Yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm concerned about how hot it's going to make my phone. Yeah, I'd be concerned about the battery reduction. Yeah, I would also be concerned about um, people how much judging you, people judging <laughs> me, how much space it's going to take up yeah. on my phone as yeah. well. Because you know that's. There's only so much space they can fit in phones, and no matter how forward, how far forwards we move uh, through mobile technology, battery life doesn't ever really seem to budge that much because you're asking more and more of the device. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. It's impressive, but not for me. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah. Shall we move on? Let's to something uh, we've never done before. Ashton's going to be gutted. She missed this. Oh yeah, she is, isn't she? Well, we'll tell her about it next week. It's called What We Play In. Oh no, oh, no, no. don't. Don't do the paper. Yeah, it's what we plan. It's what we play in time. Time to talk about the games, what we have been playing this week. Peter Austin, what have you been playing, please? Uh, well, I have played some Starfield. Mm. I imagine you've played some Starfield 2. I have, yes. Starfield 2? Starfield 2. It's out now. Yes. Um, but we will, spoilers, we will get to that later on in the podcast. So mm. we'll talk about Starfield a bit later on. But uh, yeah, I played some Starfield, just a few hours. Uh, I've also continued to play Dishonored. Yes, as they as we call it in the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, I've just done the the mission where you go to the party and you have to kill the lady. Um, poor lady, poor lady. I'm still discovering new stuff in that game that I like didn't realize. You know, m- my method to get into that party was always. I think there's a, isn't there like an, an invitation just stuck on a gate or something or like blowing oh, down the street? It's been a long time. It has since been I've a long time, it. and that wasn't the method I used to get in. Now, so I don't quite remember. But I think you can just find an invitation on the street outside, and then you just give in, and they let you in. Mm. But you can like. Uh, do the you know where you like possess fish and swim through grates you can like go through the sewers and like come up through the wine cellar and the building and stuff that's and very clever I'm just enjoying all the uh, you know the, all the different options that that game gives you and you know if you want to just like blink up to a balcony and climb in through a window you can do that or if you want to you know possess someone walk through a gate you know it's it's a lot of fun and mm. uh, I've missed I've missed Dishonored actually and yeah Although I said this last week, although I know that Dishonored 2 was not necessarily as good as the first one, I'm looking forward to playing that one and it all being kind of new to me. Because at the moment, although I'm having fun and I am doing new things within each level, it's still, I'm familiar with all of these locations and characters and stuff. So I'm looking forward to uh, going somewhere new and trying some new powers in the next game when I get around to it. Yeah. Um, Do you think you'll play Deathloop at some point? I might do, yeah. I'll certainly, I think I'm, part of the reason I'm playing Dishonored 1 now is so that I can, I've got a basis to play Dishonored 2. Um, So that would be the next one. But maybe after that, I would give Deathloop a go because, Mm -hmm. you know, Arcane are great and I I love what they do. Yeah, Deathloop's Um, fantastic. It's just, I found it quite hard to get into because of its, you know, looping structure. Mm, Um, But once I got into it and I actually had some stuff that was following me through the loops, I was, uh, yeah, got well into it. Everyone said good things about it at the time. It's a good game. Um, I have also, to a, a, a... well, I don't know, how, maybe a couple of hours this week, I've continued to play that that PS1 game with the lizards in it, um, which uh, I talked about last week and I, I always talk about. Um, and then we played a little game together um, as well with some friends, which we'll also get to in just a moment. Yes. Within what we play. Um, but that those are the two things I've played uh, other than what we're yet to talk about. Fantastic. About I have finished Final Fantasy sixteen. Yes. I did it. I wasn't that far from the end, it turns out, uh, after last week's podcast. Mm-hmm. And um, I liked the game on right. on the whole. I think it's one of one of the... the. It will likely be in my top five when we do the Game of the Year okay. podcast. Good. But this isn't... Not 
quite to the same degree as Final Fantasy XV fell apart, but I did feel that the longer Final Fantasy XVI went on, I was both less bothered by what actually was happening and less invested, but also just a bit bit lost. Right. A bit bit confused. Final Fantasy XV went just like I don't think that had game had a good story at all. Mm-hmm. Like I was not interested in that. Sixteen had a really strong start and like I was properly invested. And then the longer it went on, the less I felt like I was really aware of the stakes of what was happening. Right. If that makes any sense. People will may well disagree with me, but I just felt that the the longer that game went on the less interested in it I was. Mm -hmm. And that may be self-inflicted because, as I said last week, I was trying to do all the side stuff and I was doing all the hunts. So I was, you know, after every mission, I was taking a a one-and-a-half-hour sojourn around the world to to mop up side quests where people have lost their bloody cats and other bollocks like that. It's just completely ruining the pace. Um, But... I did do all the hunts, and then there were two hunts left to get, but it was in a location that literally did not exist on my map. So I thought, okay, the final mission, this next mission feels like it's probably going to be the final mission, and I finished the final mission, and then it just gave me, like, sort of a clear game save data. Mm -hmm. So I could either start New Game Plus, or I could reload from before the mission. Like, right, so is this, I don't know, at that point... I just couldn't even be bothered to Google if there was a locate how to unlock this location. I was like, right. I'm actually done now. I'm finished with it. Did all the side stuff. Um, I had a look at the trophy list as well, and I had about 50%. And I thought, that does not reflect the amount of effort <laughs> I've put in to, to, to clear up all the side stuff as and when it's popped up. So I'm done. Right. And I want to play Starfield now. Yeah. Uh, so Final Fantasy 50, uh, 16 sorry, is done. I think it's a great game. I think the combat's fantastic. Um, I made friends with uh, Clive Rosfield's voice actor on Twitter mm-hmm. this week because um, I actually had to check with Ashton if this was a... What was it? Being horny on Maine, I think is what yeah, I asked Yeah, being horny on Maine, yeah. Um, I just tweeted, I want to be... His name's Ben Starr is the voice actor. Mm-hmm. I want to be Ben Starr's friend. Yeah. Uh, and he replied. And then I replied. And then he replied back. So I think we are now officially friends. Best friends. Best friends, which is which is nice. Ashton said it wasn't being horny on Maine. Right. I did feel it was a little bit desperate of me, though. I was, I was on the fence. Yeah. And then I had a drink and thought, you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to try and be his friend. Yeah. So... Unbreakable Bond now. Do we have room for another band, though, in our circle? Well, he can just be Clive. Yeah. Well, he can just be Clive Rosfield. Uh, our Clive. Mm. Uh, but he has a great voice, and I enjoyed the voice acting. I thought it was a good game, but I'm glad it's done. I'm ready for more, uh, different things now. I played a little bit of Baldur's Gate 3 mm-hmm. on PlayStation 5. I streamed that. Big thank you to uh, Larian. Larian. I'm still not sure how to pronounce it. I think it's yeah. Larian. Uh, Studios for giving us the code for that. I suppose I have to say the line, don't I? Per Probably, ASA yeah. guidelines, yeah. we were given this code. And per ASA guidelines, this is now considered an ad, but it's not. There was no financial compensation. talking about the game that we you were played. given the code. Uh, I've never played a D&D game before, mm-hmm. and I was quite impressed to see the sort of uh, options that are available to you based on your character class. Yeah. So I made uh, a big half-orc called Barbara Garpis. Mm-hmm. That's what she's called. Uh, she's got the same hair as Barbara. Good. Part of the same family, off in the future or in the past. It's like the Black Adders. Yeah, exactly. Yes, they extend through time and history and space. But the main thing I liked, which is going to sound really petty, considering this game is one of the best games of the year, is just how colourful it is. Yeah. Because Starfield's colours are not really there. I don't really like it. It's a bit 
muted mm. as someone in my stream described it because I couldn't think of the word. Like there's not muted a great deal of color use, and yeah. vibrancy in the in the world and its and its colors because uh, they've gone for that more realistic approach. Whereas Baldur's Gate is, is colorful and saturated and mm. wonderful. So I'm going to give that more of a go probably when I've finished up with Starfield. Yeah. But that is all I've been playing apart from the Isle Tide Hotel. What? It's the new Wales interactive video game. It's just come out. We were lucky enough to be given a code early, which is why we didn't talk about it last week. Yeah. But uh, all of us from work got together uh, to play it at Kieran's house because we were celebrating his birthday. Mm -hmm. Happy birthday to Kieran for the other week. Um, And Ashton was there as well. And we proceeded to sit there and play this new uh, Isle Tide Hotel game. Do you want to talk us through the premise of it? Boy, is it weird. Um, I mean, I don't... Part of the the whole thing, the plot, is to kind of work out what's going on. It it took us a while to even get uh, sort of an idea of what might be happening and and even longer to obviously get to a conclusion about really what had been happening. But uh, it begins with, uh, you are character name whose name i've forgotten do you remember the the guy's name man matt you are man Mm. and uh your daughter who i think you have been sort of um estranged from for a while i don't think you're sort of like living with her at the time but you you've discovered that your daughter has gone missing Mm. and you've hired a pi to uh help you track her down and then you find yourself uh receiving a mysterious invitation to come to a hotel um and you turn up there at the beginning and everyone is really weird yeah um almost straight off the bat even the taxi driver who is taking you there seems cagey and then the moment you walk through the door all the staff all the guests are odd and um i i shouldn't really say more because as i say the rest of the game is kind of about working out what earth is going on in this hotel yeah um but it was very strange wasn't it it was and unfortunately for all of us in attendance, this was a big miss. Yeah. Uh, un- very much unlike the, uh, what was the last one we played? Mira and the Dragon Princess, yeah. which was wacky, and self-aware yeah. and funny and daft. This game took itself really seriously. And for me, at least, felt like a big step backwards for for Wales Interactive Games in that it was just really tedious it was a like bit it sort was, of art house wasn't it and yeah it was of... wading through treacle everyone was you know the, the riotous reactions to Mia and the dragon princess yeah was just nowhere to be found mm. with this game everyone was just sort of like what yeah huh what and i know it's meant to be more of a thinker mm. and it's not meant to be as daft and there is scope for them to make games like that yeah but God, they lost. They lost the room. Yeah, it's about one. sort of knowing your strengths, I think. And yeah, as you say, there's scope, but equally, if if you're good at a certain thing, which is making silly, sort of, as you say, self-aware, wooden, hammy, great stuff that uh, is very entertaining. You know, you all get together and have some drinks and play these silly games. Mm. Then you know, I'd like to see more of that. Whereas this was, you know, a lot of the characters were speaking in almost in riddles and. When we then eventually did find out, I mean, I don't know how many branching paths there are towards the end, and maybe our conclusion was quite different to other people's, but certainly when we found out what was happening in our story, it was quite dark as well, wasn't it? Mm. There was a sort of a moment where, again, not going into much detail, there was a sort of a an idea that someone had in some way been like horribly violated, um, and we just yeah. sort of had to watch this person have a realization and and sort of 
monologue about how terrible this, these things had been, these events that had happened to them. And it was like, oh, okay, we just came here for some drinks and to like laugh at a kraken or something, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, so it, it was it was a miss, I think, unfortunately. Yeah, this felt like having played most of their games, mm. this felt like one of their older games. And yeah. uh, unfortunately not in a good way because some of their older games were very entertaining even if they didn't mean to be. Mm. Whereas this one, I've found it very difficult to sort of glean much enjoyment from this yeah. one. And, you know, not every game's gonna, it goes in with the intent to make you laugh or, you know, this is gonna be fun. It, you know, it if it's serious, then it's gonna be serious. But that's not what I look for in a Wales interactive game, yeah. personally. And yeah, this one was just, it was incredibly slow. It didn't feel like we were making much progress on anything. And it just, it dragged yeah. really it dragged and that's that's a real shame uh because me and the dragon princess was like peak wales interactive it's almost turned into a bit of a review corner it was so it? good well yeah but we were given a code we were we want to yeah uh, thank you big thank think. you to yes <laughs> big thank you to wales interactive yeah. for, for sending us the code i will just say one thing as well like just the like just take a step back the premise and the kind of the weird mystery and the, mm. the intriguing thing like i wasn't against that i think that can be really good there's like a really there's like a cult tv show from decades ago called the prisoner which you might have heard of which is similarly very weird it's like this guy ends up on an island with this almost utopia utopia community mm. and he's trying to work out what's going on and it felt very much like that to me where it's like this is really odd but i'm really intrigued but within sort of even 10 15 minutes i thought no it's not it's just gone a step too far it's almost kind of it it's i don't know it was too much of an enigma to really right. engage with um yeah. i've seen a spectrum of reactions to it online from the fmv loving community yes. um uh, but you know Wells Interactive, I follow them, and they probably were just retweeting the positive ones. Yeah. Push Square's reviewer did not like it mm -hmm. at all. Uh, but, you know, I'm literally their target demographic in this one. Yeah. This one was a big, big miss for me, which is a shame. Mm -hmm. But uh, roll on the next one. Yeah. They've always got them in production, and I can't wait to see what Wells Interactive do next. They're not always going to land with me personally. That's okay. We'll always get together and try and have fun when they do. We will. And it wouldn't be right for us to say, we really liked it, just because... We like Wells Interactive, and yes. we want to be their best friends. We're performances not, were good. I'm not going to lie to you. His performances were good, actually. Well shot, great yeah. location. Mm. Haven't been to that house before. There's no. a couple of their older games where they're clearly shot in the same yeah. house, which is pretty good. I love that. Uh, yeah. Anyway, moving on, it's time for question two. Yes, it is. Um, this is from Jack Cousins, or possibly pronounced Cousins, uh, who says... Turn the page. Yes. Who says... Hey, Bap, long-time viewer and listener, first-time Patreonist. Thank well, thank you, you very much, Thank Jack. you very much. This week, I've seen a number of video game websites excitedly sharing news that Star Wars Jedi Survivor has finally <sighs> been fixed. Yes. Remembering Peter's long-term battles with getting that game to work properly and hearing news of his recent completion of said title, I couldn't help but think of you in how irritating it is that we've all come to accept a game being finished five months after release as the norm. My question to you is, will there ever be a point again when the gaming masses reject these practices? Has the advent of live service games made the idea of an evolving game that is fixed over the course of months acceptable? And with regards to No Man's Sky and its tale of rede redemption, is there a point uh, of going above and beyond with fixes that you can ever bring yourself to forgive a game that is completely broken at launch? Thanks, Jack. Kiss, kiss. Thanks, Jack. Kiss, kiss. Thanks, Jack. Kiss, kiss. 
Um, That's uh, Cal Kiskis' brother. It is, who is the protagonist of Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was a bit frustrated. Um, to, I mean, I wasn't annoyed that they'd fixed the game. That's obviously a good thing. But yes. I was annoyed that I had suffered through it um, so badly, especially when other people didn't seem to have as many issues as me. Um, I'd said this at the time, but when I was posting about it on Twitter and talking about it on the podcast saying, oh, I keep having crashes and stuff. Most people would be saying, that's a real shame for you. It was all right for me. But then again, there would there would be like two or three people replying saying, yeah, I just couldn't play it at all. It just was not working, mm. playing on console and I've given up on it. And so just a roll of the dice, I guess, as to whether you get a good batch or a bad batch. Um, Star Wars. Star Wars joke. There you go. Um, but so, yeah, I find it frustrating that this happens. Unfortunately, I don't think we're ever going to get to the point where um, this stops happening. Um, and that's partly because a lot of these bugs and issues are identified once a game rolls out. Um, these studios can do all the playtesting in the world that they want to do, but it's not until you get a product into the hands of thousands of people um, that you start to pick up some of these more nuanced issues. Um, uh, and even then... Uh, some of these studios, I guess, maybe don't do as much playtesting as they should do. Or I think, as you know, you've pointed out, Ben, in your experience, sometimes uh, QA testers can say, here's a list of things we've identified. Uh, here you go. Mm -hmm. It can be identified by the QA team, but it's still then up to the developers or even the publishers as to whether these things are fixed before the game is put out. Yes. So um, I think, unfortunately, we've reached a point where it's probably if anything, going to become more and more the norm that games are fixed months after release. Um, and that's partly through little fault of the, uh, the the studios involved because they don't even know about some of these books until thousands of people play test it in the field. Uh, and it's partly because I think people just seem to just sort of accept it nowadays. Um, and we live in a world where patches exist you know, you go back a couple of decades to um, some generations ago, it wasn't possible to fix a game after the fact. Mm -hmm. And these things just had to absolutely work. Or they got from recalled. The or they got recalled, yeah. Um, or they just didn't sell because word went round that this this is a buggy game. Mm. Um, and it also helps, of course, or helped back then that games were simpler. Um, and now there's just that much going on with these big worlds and all this hardware and all these effects, all this software, um, that uh, you, you're just going to have more bugs just by the nature of the, the scale of the game. The more the more game you have on that disc or on that in that app, the more bugs you're going to identify within it. Yeah, absolutely agree. Uh, yes, it is very frustrating. I was one of those people that did not have the same performance issues that Peter had with Star Wars Jedi Survivor. However, it did run like crap mm. in certain areas. Yeah. And... That, I feel, is just, it's so annoying because we've reached a point now with video games where the improvements to graphical fidelity is incremental. Yeah. And we're not really making huge leaps in that regard anymore. What we, instead of focusing on, is performance and how how good these games look, not from a, a graphical fidelity standpoint, but like how, how they run and the frames per second and all that kind of stuff. We've all, probably listening to this, all of us invested in either high-end PCs or high-ish end PCs or next generation slash current generation consoles where the whole point of these things is to just run games really well. Yeah. And it feels like 
time after time we get Starfield locked at 30 frames per second. We get Final Fantasy 16, which has no performance mode. We get games that have a performance mode, like Jedi Survivor, but still run at like 30 frames per second. So yeah. like, what's what's even the point in switching between graphical and performance well, mode? Well, even when you set, if you're one of the people like me who had the a bad copy, even when you set it to performance mode, it still wasn't performing you know mm. that's like at least if it was like oh well this game is i'm afraid it's 30 fps at least if it like runs well at 30 fps that's a consolation but mm -hmm. when it runs badly at 30 that's that's even more offensive it does just increasingly feel like what what are we actually doing here yeah i know that these these games are getting more demanding which is why they're not running as well mm -hmm. but we should be we should be hitting 60 frames per second now we, yeah. ju we just should and it's it's annoying when that doesn't happen and it's way worse when it doesn't happen at launch and everyone jumps on it because they're really excited about it and then five six months later they go we got it working yeah so like, well, it's too bloody late now mm -hmm. who does that benefit the people who have waited yeah but not all of us can wait some of us you know you, you shouldn't you just shouldn't release it someone asked me on social media will you go back and play it again now peter and i said no and it's not even mm -hmm. that i don't want like i want to experience that game in its in a playable state and i want to be able to feel like i can spend some time going off and doing side quests and stuff and bounties but i've just i've spent hours playing it through and there are more games to play and there's there's other things i need to do with my time i don't have the time to go back and play that again now yeah yeah I, and in defense of uh, no man's sky as well i don't i don't believe no man's sky was buggy or no. broken at launch it was just the developers lied about mm, what it was features. and people were very disappointed but it is an apt comparison in that they have worked really hard to turn that around and people now look upon that game very uh, very kindly yeah perhaps a more accurate one would be cyberpunk yeah. 2077 which hasn't quite shaken off the stink but has done its darndest to do so and with the upcoming expansion as well phantom liberty i think mm. it's called uh, that essentially, or almost, sounds like a bit of a reboot for, yeah. the, for the game in that they've they've made that what they wanted the game to be. This is still years after it originally came out, of course, and there's arguments to be made that it shouldn't have been released then, and I would wholeheartedly agree. Uh, but it's you're right in that it's just it is going to keep happening because people accept it. Yeah. And it's up to publishers or platform holders like Sony to deny those games on the store because they're having to refund them or consumers to say Cyberpunk is a broken mess. I'm not going to touch that until they fix it. Yeah. But unfortunately, Cyberpunk seemingly is a special case where that game was so broken that that stood out as one that nobody really wanted to touch until it yeah. was ready. Whereas Jedi Survivor just kind of ran bad mm. and seemingly that's acceptable and not for everyone so you know if you've got other people saying hey runs all right for me and you know i had like one crash or whatever then that might encourage some people to give it a go and then they might be the ones who get get a bad copy yeah. um i also don't really understand we're not game developers we say this a lot you know when we talk about these things like we don't necessarily know exactly how these things do and don't work but i don't really understand how performance can be a recurring issue i understand how certain bugs like oh if you actually do these two quests the other way around then you get locked out of that room because they've like messed up a trigger or whatever mm -hmm. that might be something that wasn't identified but surely the developers know exactly what the hardware capabilities of 
a PS5 are. And surely everyone's PS5 is effectively running at exactly the same kind of power and uh, should have the same capabilities. So how is it that like performance is something that comes up that, you know, that's not identified during the development process? Mm -hmm. I don't, I just don't understand how that is. It either runs on a PS5, a a PS5, or it doesn't. PC gaming obviously is a very different case because you have completely different builds. But with console games, I just don't know how this happens. Um, But as I say, we're not yeah, we we're not. We're, we're, we we do not understand the ins and outs, but no. but you're right in your earlier point in that there's a there's a good chance that they knew. Yeah, and they just identified it as something that wasn't enough of an issue to delay launch because yeah. you'll play it anyway, won't you, you suckers? Mm-hmm. And we will. Yeah, and we did. We did. And we complained. Yeah. And now they fixed it, <laughs> and it's too late. But they've had their annoying. Money. Very annoying. They'll do it next time. They'll do it again. They will keep doing it. Mm. It's time for something a little strange, Peter. Yeah. A little bit bizarre. Mm-hmm. Perhaps it's time for... You got your paper there? I'm not going to do it. I did it too early. Oh, okay. So you... it's just me this time. Yeah. Right. Uh, weird news. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. It's weird news time, time for some weird video game news. Remember, if you'd like to submit some weird video game news to us to be featured on this podcast, you can do so by responding to the relevant social media post that goes out on a Tuesday. Tuesday. However, if you'd like to guarantee a shout out at this point in the podcast, you need to go to patreon.com forward slash team triple jump, support us at a certain tier and become a podcast producer just like... Just like G.Y. Goliath. Nicole Hansen. Duncan Wilson. Katie Garrett. Or slash Jared, sorry. Thank you. Eric Sue. Potato Shack 99. Melody L. Bonnet. Or. It's not Bonnet. It can't be. Well, you made me say mine. Yeah, I did. I know. Nexus Polaris. Gabrielle Philipping. Blake Thomas. Mike Key. Mikey. Mikey. <laughs> and Janet Wicks. Uh, thank you very much, podcast producers. We appreciate all of you. Patreon.com forward slash team. Triple jump. Have you got a news there? 
I have. It was submitted by Stephen Skodes at Skodes8 via Twitter. Um, it's according to Kotaku.com, and it's written by Ashley Barden. Ba- Barden. Barden. Um, who says, Twitch streamer kills Halo enemies with her mind. Whoa. Is it the same one what done Elden Ring? It is. Yes. Elden Ring streamer Perry Carial is mastering hands-free gaming with her EEG setup. Uh, we, we may earn a commission from links on this page. Go on, press them all. They've earned it. Earlier this year, Twitch streamer and psychology researcher Perry Carial used her electroencephalogram EEG device, which records the brain's electrical activity, but also has telekinetic research history. Wow. What? To beat Elden Ring using her mind for everything but movement. Now, she's taken things even further, gunning down opponents in Halo without touching a controller at all. Um, Kill them without lifting a finger, Perry Curiel, who goes by Perry online, responded to a video clip esports reporter Jake Lucky posted to Twitter. Though Perry's whole setup, the black notes strapped to her skull that evaluate... This is a really big side (laughs) aside... Though Perry's whole setup, the black nodes strapped to her skull that evaluate her brain activity and let her shoot, the way she nods her head to move and uses her eyes through an eye tracker to aim, might seem to you like a swathe of inconsistency Gataka1997 nonsense, which I think is a film. It's really the child of all natural trial and error. There are still ways... There are still always comments about how this must be fake, but that just serves to show me how exciting and innovative this actually is, Perry told me over email. But there is still so much to improve and add. I still don't have a full controller working, only four working data button... Uh, sorry, only four working data visualizations, which means four working button keybinds. I can only really, in practice, have two to three of those running at any one time. Otherwise, the EEG gets confused. Um, it's all in the name of her ultimate goal to make the hands-free controller all-encompassing and easier than a regular controller so that anyone can use it for a comparable gaming experience, she tells me. Professor X Gaming. Yes. I'm going to stop reading there because this is... It's a good article, It's yeah. not very well written. Uh, but thank you, Kotaku. Uh, yeah, there are vid- I saw this video uh, earlier in the week of her just, like, getting some pretty decent kills in halo just sort of she's sitting there like that her hands are in front of her Mm -hmm. she's just staring at the screen and she's terrifying yeah like a horror villain Mm -hmm. just like a horror villain incredible uh my weird news comes courtesy of me because i heard about this and i didn't want to miss out on continuing the saga um but if someone has since submitted it thank you this is from niche gamer written by brandon little War Thunder player spreads restricted documentation on F-117 Nighthawk. This happened last week. A War Thunder player has leaked restricted documents on the official forums again, it says in bold and all caps. I think I may have said last week when you were talking about the previous story that I saw a meme on Twitter that morning where Mm. it was days since someone leaked (laughs) uh, restricted documents. This is the 12th time this has happened, according to Wikipedia, and the second time in only several weeks. Unlike last time, where where just the offending link was removed, War Thunder nuked the entire thread... 
This time, a user allegedly, uh, allegedly leaked classified pages from a flight manual, which included such data as location of sensors, firing angles, engine specifications, and more. Some Twitter users were quick to point out that the information actually isn't classified, but as we learned in last week's uh, last sorry in, in the last leak a few weeks ago, unclassified doesn't necessarily mean free to distribute. The specifications for the vehicle in the last leak, the Eurofighter Typhoon DA7, are embargoed for non-NATO countries. Mm. It then tells you where you can get War Thunder if you want. <laughs> uh, they just can't stop, can they? No, and they won't stop. Once you pop. You, you just, just can't stop posting can't stop. classified information on War Thunder. Blimmin', blimmin' nerds, am I right? Flipping nerds. Idiots. Well, I don't know about you, Peter, but yeah. I'm feeling like I'm missing some vitamin J. Some vitamin JJ. Oh, some vitamin JJ. Yeah. yeah. Should we get ourselves some vitamin J as we do the, the big, big discussion? discussion. Big discussion time. It's time for the big discussion. This week, the big discussion come comes courtesy of Stephen Skodes. Thank you, Stephen. What do you think of Starfield one week after release? James Look Jenkins, here. when did I, you get here? I just popped up. I've been under the table this whole time. It's, it's kind true. of weird, actually. Mr. J. He's Hello. here. It's where, it's where James lives. <laughs> yep. Now, I went out into our wonderful community on YouTube, and I asked mm -hmm. them what they thought of Starfield. Yep. And I learned firsthand that uh, the phrase, how are you finding something, mm -hmm. might yeah. not be a phrase that's used much outside of the UK. Yeah, internationally. Because I got oh. some very pedantic and literal responses. Like, oh, it's on my Steam library. Like, <laughs> there we go. Brilliant. Okay. Good. Uh, what I mean is, are you enjoying Starfield a Did week after Did you use it in release? Germany? How are you finding oh. it? The same verb for Curious. like to find something, an Excellent. item, is uh, how, do, how, how are you experiencing it? How, how is experiencing it? it? How, yeah. how would you say that? Uh, findus, v, v, oh. v Findus do das or whatever. Starfield. So, uh, yeah, Starfield. Yeah. V, v Findus Fantastic. do das Starfield. Uh, das is that, so you can oh. change Star. V Findus do Starfield. Yeah. Excellent. I'll how do, do that next it? time, yeah. see if those uh, pedantic fools can understand that one. I huh? probably got that wrong, but I think that's right. <laughs> So here we go. I've got a few responses here. We'll start mm. with Rich Stewart. I'm really enjoying it. There's a lot to take in at first, even for a Bethesda RPG, but you soon figure everything out. The combat is really fun, as, uh, and you soon start finding similarities to previous games, like the romance system is very similar to Fallout 4. Also, there's sweet rolls, so 10 out of 10. Uh, Tanithis said, absolutely loving it. It does have its issues, but it's easily an 8 out of 10 and even possibly a 9. Richard Ingram, a great game hindered by copy-paste Bethesda design. One big disappointment for me was a game that kind of should be an explorer's wet dream is anything but. Uh, outside of a handful of main cities and outposts, there is nothing. I'm still going at it, though. It's a solid 7 out of 10 at the moment. Solwid says on Xbox Series S, terrible. Crashes, bugs, huge frame rate oh, no. drops, invisible walls, long loading. I really want to love Starfield, but it needs updates ASAP. Mm -hmm. Peter Clef, uh, your brother, I assume, because yeah. everyone <laughs> called Peter is related. That's right. Frankly, I'm loving it. My wife, Malav, and I have had some trouble with save files getting wiped, but Ooh. the fact that that hasn't made me want to stop playing is testament to how much we're loving it. Some people want to hate the game, so they'll find stuff to hate. And finally, Tom J says, it's all right. Got to New Game Plus now, doing all the side stuff. Got to New Game Plus, sorry, now doing all the side stuff. I do think it's shameful how Bethesda expects this game to last a decade when they've produced a game that's already dated by most standards. They expect the modding community to keep it going while they, by all appearances, take credit. Shouldn't have to download a page full of mods to make the game what it should have been. 
So there we are. Mm-hmm. Uh, largely, the reaction was yeah. was very positive, but some yeah. people decrying various things uh, mm. that, that are wrong with it. James Jenkins, welcome to the podcast. Hello. You, uh, it's a pleasure. You talked mm. about Starfield last week on Review Corner. That's right. And you've been able to put a lot more time into it now. Uh, so I thought, and Stephen thought, maybe we could have a discussion about how we're finding yeah. Starfield and potentially what this means for Game Pass and Xbox going forward. Exciting. I do need to ask you, Go ben, How because you're playing Series S, aren't you? I have started you by playing Series right. S, okay. um, and I'm now playing it on Series X. I've not oh. had any issues on Series X. Okay. I played maybe Upgrade two hours on Series S, cool. and that was fine, but yeah. it was only the opening couple of hours. Right. And mm. uh, one of our editors, uh, Alex, has said that the, the longer he plays Starfield, the more it seems to be falling apart at the seams. <laughs> so it could well be that if you have a big old safe on Series yeah. S that there are problems. But right. uh, yeah, I, I didn't have any issues in my first couple of hours. Okay. Nice. I think they've had that issue before in a previous, I think with the PS3 in particular with Skyrim, save yes. games. I've, I've right, heard yeah. a couple of, um, you know, tales on the wind about mm-hmm. it being, uh, yeah, make, make sure you're not padding it out too much. But yeah, it's that's the classic Bethesda thing, isn't it? Mm. Things start falling apart a little bit. But, as, uh, you know, as far as I've... Uh, come across so far i've come across very few bugs and Mm -hmm. definitely no like game breaking ones it's so weird to say like oh this is the most polished bethesda game ever (laughs) because it's not a high standard obviously yeah Uh, it's not saying much but it's um it genuinely has been like pretty much spot on apart from the odd you know jankiness here and there Mm -hmm. yeah Absolutely. Uh, Peter, mm. how much Starfield have you had a chance to play and how are mm. you finding it so far? I, uh, I've i not actually played a huge amount Sorry, of how it. are you getting on? How are you, yes, how are you how liking it, it so far? I'm finding it on how Steam. How have you discovered this? Uh, <laughs> I'm playing on PC um, and Ashton said to me mm. last week, she said, oh, um, my Ben thinks you won't be able to run it on your PC. And I was like, oh, does he know what PC I've got? Um, but <laughs> he it, knows it seems PC. to run okay. It's only on like medium settings, but it's yeah. fine. I'm not worried too much about the fidelity or anything because that's not what I play these games for. But um, mm. playing on PC, I've played maybe like three or four hours um, because I got as far as uh, I, I managed to like sit down and have like an hour with it last week. Um, and I spent ages on the character creator and I like I, I barely got beyond the creator. Yeah. It's not even like that much of a like mm. amazing creator, but it, I, who's just, your character? Mm. What have you got? Uh, his, his name is Axel uh, Ax, Axel Jet Deck. <laughs> um, and Fantastic. He, he is a, a, a sort of action hero. Um, yeah. He wants to be famous. I chose the adoring fan perk because nice. I want because that is what yeah. his life is like. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, he has a big. A great big bushy beard and hair <laughs> with the weird gray blue blonde hair color. There was like there's this, this weird like two tone hair color that was yeah. like near the back where all the bright colors are. Oh. Um, oh. And uh, so I'm I'm having fun playing as him, but I'll be honest, I'm not really feeling this game at the moment. Okay, um, mm-hmm. and I I need to give it another couple of sessions at least mm. before i can find like give a you know like really have a, a feel for it yeah. um but man it, it's it's not clicking for me at all uh i don't like it aesthetically that's probably like one of the things i really don't like about it is like i don't mm. like how muted and washed out everything is mm-hmm. i know there's a reason for that mm. and it's a stylistic choice it's not that they've just like effed up and like accidentally made it look rubbish because it doesn't look rubbish yeah. but i want to change that through mods that's maybe one of the first things modable. i'm gonna yeah. change yeah. but yeah I, I could do with I way with more colors and mm-hmm. but even just sort of kind of location designs and uh mm-hmm. i find like I'm, I'm running around interiors and i can't 
really like see stuff that's there and i don't mean it's in mm. the dark or it's the you know that i can't literally see it but like i'm visual just visual clutter yeah like visual yeah, clutter yeah. or not even clutter so much as like everything just sort of blends into the yeah, background yeah. and like i i have to get like really up close to items and go oh yeah that's one of those i it's need to grab that easy to identify what's mm. useful and what's yeah exactly just exactly cup. whereas i think in certainly in um Elder Scrolls, I think that was always actually quite easy to do. Mm -hmm. um, and Fallout as well, to an extent. Again, yeah. Fallout probably did have a, a fair bit of like gubbins that you do have to get a bit closer to see what, what you really want. But uh, yeah, mm -hmm. I, I'm finding that difficult. Um, and also, I the thing that really bugged me is that um, in the, within the first like hour or so of, of where you actually start doing you know some actual action gameplay. I, I found that my inventory had just like filled up with guns. Um, yeah. And I dislike the fact that, and to be fair, it's not much different to Fallout, but I dislike the fact mm. that um, I can't really, or certainly at this early stage of the game, I can't really have maybe like two or three guns that I can just, those are my guns and I can just keep mm. using those all the time. Like I feel like I'm running out of ammo all the time, having to switch to something else uh, and... I don't really know which which guns I like because I'm not really having enough time with each one of them, like for a long enough period of time. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I I appreciate that. Like for for a Bethesda RPG, the FPS mechanics are I think pretty good. Like yeah. I'm enjoying running around and shooting, and you know it it does feel like a half decent just first person shooter game. But yeah, I'm I'm not I'm not absorbed by the world. Uh, I don't really like how it looks. And I also am a bit overwhelmed by all the factions and history. But I mean, I mm -hmm. guess that's that's just part and parcel of a new IP. So sadly, there are quite a lot of things that haven't really that that have actively sort of um, turned me off a bit. Mm -hmm. And I can't really think specifically mm -hmm. of something that really pulls me back and says, yeah, but it's got yeah. this great thing. Mm -hmm. um, but I need to give it more time. So what about yeah, you guys? That's, uh, well, yeah, I was going to say, the, um, I think that's maybe one of the things, and, and maybe we'll get onto this in a little bit, like one of the biggest drawbacks for it is that slow start. Yeah. And yeah. I I don't know really how else they could have done that. They could have mm. done like an action-packed sort of thing, you know, like the equivalent of the dragon attack yeah. um, in Skyrim. But uh, yeah, it's because there's so much there it's already quite overwhelming to begin with. And I genuinely, I like most of those things, I had the same thoughts mm. on. Like it was um, weird to get used to like the the muted sort of color palette. Yeah. And I uh, see with a lot of these things, they've kind of like grown on me. I'm kind of um, more involved with the, you know, the overall aesthetic now. I'm more on board with it. And um, by the way, things do get more varied and interesting. Mm. Don't worry. Yeah, like, no, I'm sure um, they do, yeah. Yeah, certainly. Uh, for me, it was uh, New Atlantis. The first city looks impressive from like a overall step back and look around sort of perspective. But once you get down to the nitty gritty, it feels like, yeah, despite like it, it does feel busy in certain areas. Mm. But at the same time, certain bits just feel empty. I stepped into like a, a radio station bit. And it's just like the main dude is standing there in the middle of a massive empty area. <laughs> I'm like, what? What are, you, what are you doing? You're here to greet your fans. There's nobody here. What's going on? Mm -hmm. he's, he's that sort of like, yeah. Um, it's yeah. It's it's an interesting one, but um, I mean, overall, yeah. So overall thoughts, 
because <laughs> we're in danger of like just drowning it in sort of negativity. Mm. I am really enjoying this and I'm enjoying it a lot more the further I go through. Yeah. Right, yeah. And that seems to be the story <coughs> yeah. that a lot That's of people everyone have said. Is saying, yeah. It's, yeah. it's <laughs> weird and it's so annoying that it's in that sort of category of, um, oh, it gets good after X amount of hours because that's never like the best. But then, you know, with every game, you've got to put in a little bit of time to yeah. get to the the meat of everything. Mm. Uh, if you put something down after 10 minutes, it's like, well, come on. But yeah, um, but yeah it's, yeah, like five, four or five hours maybe mm-hmm. before I really started getting everything. Mm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in, in terms of like what I really enjoy, because I, I, I feel like you guys have got the sort of criticisms covered. Already. Oh yes, I've got, I've got um, a few. <laughs> yeah. In fact, do you do you want to do you want to go first, and then I'll sort of bring it back up. Yeah, like, sure. Yeah, but hey, not. there's yeah. some sure. cool things about. I it. I have <laughs> a laundry list of, of criticisms <laughs> of this game, but much like you, the further I'm playing, the more I'm enjoying yeah. it. And I am. It it did take me a few hours of like. It's weird. I have yeah. no idea yeah. what's going on. The mm. game is not telling me. It feels like the game's not telling me anything. Mm. One of my biggest critiques of how they've paced this game uh, so far is that they start you off with a main mission. Mm. And they only teach you new things in the main missions. Mm. So when you go to a new planet as part of one of the early main missions, you pick up more missions and you might be inclined to do those yeah. as you would expect and go off and start doing your own thing. The but then I went up to a like a space station as part of one of these missions and I, I didn't know how to dock with it. Like, I had no idea. I didn't know what <laughs> buttons to press. I had to nah. Google how to dock with it. And then the very next main mission, we went to a space station. They went, oh, by the way, here's how you dock yeah. your ship. It's like, you should be telling me this stuff earlier. It's, yeah, it's it only should, UI, but it's not very clear. You have to press think. A to interact yeah. with it. And then it brings up an option to dock. Oh, yeah, and, that's and, it. That's and I didn't it, yeah. know no. that that was because I was just mm-hmm. like flying into it. Or like I had a little <laughs> objective marker right next to it. I was trying to like get Plunk. exactly yeah. next <laughs> to it and nothing was coming <laughs> well, up. This game, arguably, I would say, lets you out yeah. into the open probably a bit it feels like a bit quicker than you like, could just Sky get in that ship at the start and just bugger just, off to yeah. the other side See, of the yeah. galaxy whereas, great news for multiple playthroughs yeah, yeah it is yep. whereas in Skyrim yeah. and Oblivion uh, you know you have to go through notoriously long dungeons where you have to fight yeah. a rat and then you have to sneak and then you have to do this and that and the other yeah. and here's a bow and arrow and here's light armor and here's heavy armor <laughs> but you do all that it, it rewards it. you with that emerging into the open yeah. world and like mm-hmm. wow it's and beautiful and then you know everything yeah. Yeah. So that's the difference. And it's a toss up. You know, some people hate those long tutorials, whereas mm-hmm. this, you can just go if yeah. you yeah. really want to. Ironically, they've got probably more stuff to learn here and less time to sort of yeah. introduce it. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I was just going to say, I, I do like how they tried to introduce that little like walkout moment. They always talk about the, the big walkout mm-hmm. emerging yeah. into the world thing. And it's just like, boom, like uh, lens, or not lens flare, but you yeah. know, like adjusting. <laughs> and then it's just like, oh, it's, it's just a crappy mining it's town. Just, <laughs> it's awful. Mining outpost, but yeah. Um, yeah, so my, my other, just to rattle through these, I, mm. I, I like the, I think the game is pretty, but mm-hmm. it is let down by the like massively by the character models, and I'm not mm-hmm. the I know I'm not the only person mm-hmm. to say this. Even yep. the even the main ones that have a lot of attention to them, they stick out like a sore thumb. They are dead eyed. They are glassy eyed. Uh, I think I saw a story where like a, a character designer had commented on why they look so dead, and it's that when they smile, the the muscles next to their yeah. eyes don't contract, so their <laughs> eyes just stay the same yeah. while they smile, and it it looks wrong. Um, and the the muted color scheme, I'm I'm getting more and more used to. 
But I do think to compare it to another Bethesda Game Studios space effort, I think the Outer Worlds had a stronger art direction in terms of being a bit more colorful. And no, the the characters weren't photorealistic, but they Mm. fit more with the world that they're designed. Um, What else have I got here? I think, speaking again on that presentation, it it doesn't really... And also, I suppose, despite the fact that there's loads of new features, it felt a lot to me like they haven't really moved on a great deal from Fallout 4 in 2015 in terms of how the game runs and works. It doesn't feel like a game that's from 2023. It does feel like a game that's from quite a bit longer ago Mm -hmm. than, than that. Um, why doesn't anybody have space phones? Mm. Why am I why am I able to hail people in space, but video calling apparently hasn't been invented, and I have to literally travel the length of the galaxy to talk to a person to say, I've done that thing you asked me to do, and they go, great, here's some money, and it's done. Why can I not call people? <laughs> I, I think you were complaining about this. I, I was thinking about this last night, actually, and there is, I suppose, kind of like a, you know, kind of a rubbish like justification but an in-game like slash law hmm. reason because you know like I, I do believe communications across systems it can only travel like as fast as speed as speed okay. of light hmm. but and also it would from a gameplay they... perspective yeah you, they could easily have fixed that with some you know uh email? convenient yeah, yeah could have been an email <laughs> exactly like email yeah should have been a, a space nice pigeon i don't plot. know plot device that fixes that you know? exactly but yeah I, I get it maybe get that's it. a device you get later later in the game you know <laughs> yeah. so you don't have to I travel haven't everywhere it after. <laughs> exactly yeah. Yeah. i get that it sort of ruins the, mm. the the whole point of it being in space just like some people have said that fast travel ruins the whole point of the space travel anyway mm, like yeah, if you yeah. if you didn't have to do that i get that it would fundamentally change the game but it does feel very weird that i'm very dated that even mm. when i'm on the same planet i'm having to go inside through a loading screen to talk to someone at the bottom of an area then have to go all the way back out of that area load out again to talk to someone else (laughs) it does feel like something that's you know from from a much older game um the persuasion system is rubbish. I do not like the persuasion system. <laughs> I haven't even tried it yet. I didn't even think Where so. you do have a persuasion skill and you have oh, a percentage man. likelihood, but you have to like, you have like, this one is a low risk persuasion thing. Yeah. It will give you plus one towards the, the amount that you need to persuade them. This one's slightly more high risk and it's plus yeah. three. And this one is never going to work and it's plus five. But even the plus one ones, sometimes arbitrarily, they'll just go, no. Nah, and the plus it. one ones are essentially going, you saying go on oh go on oh go on oh please go on and if you say oh please go on enough times and you pass the checks they go you know what you're right and you're not you're (laughs) not making any argument at all Mm -hmm. Uh, i really respected the the effort that they put i actually don't mind it too much but my (laughs) god it's i i cannot justify the broken like bits of conversation in there because sometimes you'll have one that's like a few options that are tailored to the conversation, yeah, like yeah. if it's a main quest sort of thing, and it's a really cool like argument they put together, and then it's ruined immediately by like the default options yeah. that are just Could like you meet me in the middle. Oh, go on. Come on. Meet me oh, I don't want to upset you, but and then they're like, hmm, not feeling that, and it's very sort of default response mm. sort of thing, and that's such a shame. They they tried hard to make it immersive, but mm. they almost made it more difficult for themselves, and then it's more apparent that it's kind yeah. of weird. But. You know, Again, it's something. It <laughs> it's like as with all of these, and I'll get to it in a minute. Yeah, you get used to it, mm. and yeah, it, yeah. it does. It's like when I first saw the persuasion system, I thought, "What the bloody hell have they done? <laughs> what have they done?" Oh, I really like the lockpick system, though. Lockpick system's Man. good. Yeah, that's yeah, that's, system that's a good, good one. Yeah. I do yeah. like that one. I've seen it in, in um, these games. 
Sorry, just to rattle through the yeah, rest of these. Yeah, no mini map on planets. I know they're they're planning on bringing that out. Don't like that. Sick. I want to I want to know where I am nice yeah. and easily. Over encumbered. That needs to go. Yeah. I'm so tired of being over encumbered. Please let me just enjoy my space adventure. It's a Bethesda game. That's what you sign so up for. But at least you can move. At least you can yeah. move. Yeah. I actually. There's, I get it. Though. We'll it's talk very about old school. Yeah. Yes. We'll talk about like all of the mm. the the quintessentially Bethesda things ah, that, yeah. that we found in this game, ah. like like weird bugs and strange things mm. in a minute. But I ended up being over encumbered. My, I think I could carry 140 yeah. and I had like 2,000 weight oh in my, my inventory. God. And <laughs> I would like, doing, I would just <laughs> hold forwards down a corridor and my health would just go <laughs> like, yeah. it, so it does scale the more you've got, which I thought was quite interesting. Um, I wanted to play as a horrible um, space pirate bastard, yeah. but I didn't really feel like I could role play all that much because mm -hmm. the dialogue options it gave me were very much funneling me down a, because yeah. there's no morality system like in the Fallout games. Yeah like mm. the Fallout 3 in particular, I remember liking that one a lot, where you could just be a right horrible yeah. bastard. <laughs> and any role play you do in this, it feels like you sort of have to make your own fun rather than it actually mm. being actively supported in the game. Because, um, Will, I'll ask you about your the character mm. you've chosen in a minute and I'll, I'll talk Go, about yeah, the same. Yeah. But my intention originally was to be like this, this like grizzled guy with a dark history. And yeah. I didn't really feel like the game was accepting of me doing that, uh, which was a bit of a shame, but, you know, well, whatever, it's fun. Yeah. Um, Finally, the last one I've got here is the suit variety is a bit boring. Yeah. Again, because mm -hmm. they've gone mm -hmm. realistic. I kind of want my character to look yeah. cool. And I know there are some cooler space suits, but I, I do just feel like I'm wearing a gigantic body nappy at all yeah. times. Um, and it's functional. It's meant to be somewhat realistic. But also humanity has survived and made it into space so can we yeah. can we maybe stretch the boundaries a little bit and let us have yeah. some like cool that's what i was hoping for cool outfits you with know? my character as i was creating him, i was like this man i want i want him to be dressed as he-man within the first like, <laughs> yeah. three hours yeah. of the game and it i i am yet to discover a, an outfit that will allow me <laughs> an to opportunity do that. to do that yeah. but oh, in spite of those are my biggest gripes but in yeah. spite of all of that as you said james it's it's like it's all I can think about, it's and I just want to play more. It. There's there's something. Yeah. I do, I'm I'm hesitant to call it Bethesda magic because I feel like Bethesda <laughs> magic goes hand in hand with Bethesda. Everything you've broken, everything yeah. Bethesda. What have you done? But there's just something about Starfield that I kind of I, I find utterly irresistible. And the more yeah. I play of it, the more I'm really enjoying it, in spite of its many flaws. It's so crazy. I think. I think a lot of it is that it just takes a while for some things to open up. And like, yeah, I mean, on, on that point, I agree with, again, most of it. There are so many complaints I had as well. Yeah. Um, you, you touched on like the NPC design models and animation. This might just be because I'm coming off of Baldur's Gate 3, which yes. did yeah. an incredible job. Yeah. Um, poor Todd. That. And yeah, like poor timing with that, really. But um, again, they're very much sort of stuck in the past with that. And, and some of the main sort of important people aren't terrible, but they're not great either. Mm -hmm. um, they walk so slow. Sorry, that's another one. Why do they walk yes, so slowly? That's also another classic thing. And I think, yeah, a lot of these things are sort of stuck in the past and it's kind of like i don't know uh, initially i was just as kind of like eh not uh, super impressed and then like i say sort of a few hours in 
um, started seeing the magic. And now the more I play, the more I'm just obsessed with it. But yeah, yeah. I'll um, yeah, I'll, I'll mention a few of the, the things. Oh, yeah, you, you mentioned about um, the, the bad guy sort of playthrough. I yes. think there's at least one faction that will let you do that. Okay. Is that um, the, the serpent nasties? The I'm cult? just not going to say. Okay. I'm just I'm going to try and avoid Curious. as many spoilers as possible. But um, I've not even gotten to it yet, but I just know that there's going to be like something like there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, so uh, a few complaints first, obviously. Go on. First um, couple hours, very slow. It's trying to introduce all these crazy things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it's not really a wow, jaw-dropping moment uh, at the start, which is such a shame. And yeah. that may be a big detriment, especially for people who are just relying on Game Pass to drop in and check it out for a few hours. That's a, yeah, yeah. That's a bit of a shame. But from you know, we'll get onto it a bit later. It hasn't seemed to have affected it too much because nope. it's doing amazing. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah, menus. It feels like a lot of the game is just navigating through the menus. Yeah, shame. But it took a yeah. while for that muscle memory to build up. I kept, yeah. I kept like opening up the menu and then going, oh. which direction is inventory? I yeah, think- I don't know why it doesn't just say it. His yeah. word until you hover over it. it. The yeah, flipping yeah. destiny curse again in this game, uh-huh. like using the little icon as a mouse mm-hmm. cursor. I don't want to do that it's in not console games. I don't want. Yeah, to, I know it. Oh, <laughs> don't want that. Winds me up as well. Yeah. Um, the yeah. So space traversal. So I think with the loading screens, right? Mm. The um, I I get why they've done it to a degree mm-hmm. because. You know, it's space travel. If you want to go seven hours from Saturn to Pluto or whatever it was, that was, um, you know, that was an interesting experiment. And in an ideal world, you would be able to do that and not just after seven hours meet a big PNG and fly right through it. Yes. (laughs) But um, also, realistically, 99% of people won't be doing that. That's crazy. No. no. Um, And so I get why, because space travel, there's a lot of space in between all these planets. So there's going to be loading screens in one way or another. It's how they sort of hide that. And I think there was a good middle ground that they maybe missed out on. Like Elite Dangerous did this where it's essentially a loading screen, but in a form of like, it's an immersive loading screen. So it looks like you're doing, you know, grab jumps or well, speed Survivor, or whatever it is. You just go into hyperspace. Um, and yeah, is that the same? Yeah. yeah. You're yeah. just in a tunnel. Destiny does a similar thing as yeah. well. You're all like hovering above the, like flying above the planet's surface. And then when the loading screen ends, yeah. you like dive down through the clouds. Or yeah, whatever. that's cool. Yeah, it, it'll be nice if they did that. And who knows, maybe in the future. But again, you know, mods, not to say that, but yeah. um, <laughs> as, as an excuse. The players but, will fix it. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Todd's like, well, we got heart most of the way. Um, <laughs> we did the heavy lift. That is basically um, one of the complaints. It's like some of these things in the game mm. are almost spot on already. Yeah. Some of them are like, you know, need some work, but it feels like a lot of things are about sort of 80 to 90% done. Mm-hmm. And they're just waiting for that extra push either through updates or mods. But anyway, um, a few other complaints, obviously the ground maps, uh, NPC design mentioned that. Um, and uh, I, yeah, that's that's about all I've got really. And a mm-hmm. uh, uh, quite a few other, you know, very smaller little yeah. bits I can't remember. Yeah. Can you tell us about your character, James? Who have you got? My character is, uh, I was quite pleased with his name. He's called Jenko Fett. Very good. Um, <laughs> Bounty okay. hunter by any chance? He, well, I all, I weirdly didn't pick uh, that. I was farmer. gonna. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> chef. Uh, I really want to do a chef playthrough, but hey. Um, I have gone for like the space scoundrel because I figured, yeah, I don't, space really, yeah, well. everyone's gone for the space scoundrel. It's a nice sort of, thing that lets you do the naughty things in mm. sort of character but also if you don't want to be you know if you want to be like you know yeah your hand solo type like well well i've done some bad things but i'm a good guy um and i also hate star wars um <laughs> you, you really want to do that and you can yeah um 
crash a plane, <laughs> crash a ship oh on the roof God. of a, <laughs> an airport. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Um, so I've, I've gone with that, but I wasn't quite sure, um, which is weird. Usually I have like a set sort of character thing in mind, but I just wanted to have this as a bit more of a blank slate, but mm. with the option of doing bad stuff. Um, yeah. The constellation stuff at the start, I wasn't vibing with their whole thing. Um, and it does kind of railroad you into that. Hey, we're kind of good guys. Um, the companions that I've met so far, the early ones are very similar. There's no like, I'm a bad companion and I I'm, I approve of you killing all those people. Mm, yeah. Um, everyone's always very upset. I accidentally shot a, uh, a shit. Uh, like I, I walked into like, um, you know, above one planet, wherever. Mm -hmm. um, and there was a space battle going on and I targeted the wrong person. Oops. And this is after about, you know, 20, 25 hours worth mm. and I'm still getting the controls a little bit wrong sometimes. Mm. Um, and then I accidentally shot it and then immediately it was like, um, <laughs> so-and-so has left your, he's um, no longer your companion. Oh, no. Somebody disliked this. Someone else disliked this. They and just I'm get like, up from the co-captain's chair and walk to the back of the ship and sit down there and sulk. <laughs> we need to have a talk. Yes, you yeah, need to drop me off now. Mm -hmm. I want to go home. Yeah, um, so that's fun. But despite that, and I want to talk about some good things about the game. Yes, absolutely. Um, I'm having a lot of fun too. A lot more fun now. I've uh, sort of gone uh, branched out into the world. Um, and yes, there are a lot of systems, but the more I sort of discover about them, um, you know, as in you know, gameplay mechanics, mm. there are a lot of literal systems in, in the a universe. <laughs> a thousand of them. <laughs> a million planets. Um, That's too many, Todd. Yeah. Uh, so I, I've been taking my time on that. I've not really done much base building, but I uh, sort of just scratched the surface of that last night. And um, yeah, there's, there's not much to do so far with that, but scrolling through the options quite impressive you know you can have it just as a mining outpost you've got i think um up to eight outposts which i was a bit of a i found a bit of a shame that they've Not limited it there mm -hmm. i know right i, I wanted a, a, a house on every planet you yes know? Mm -hmm. um but yeah that's uh that looks interesting the ship building one of one of the things that has sold me on this game now yeah is the ship building and yes is very complex and there's a lot of stuff to do so um you know this much like any a lot of the other systems you can ignore it if you if you're mm. not that bothered if you just want to buy a pre-built ship um there they cost like enough sort of credits to make it actually worthwhile to pursue these things i mm -hmm. again i like that a very small thing but the economy seems kind of balanced at the minute which is nice yeah um there's so many options it's ridiculous i spent two hours or so on Sunday, trying to build like a ridiculous ship after I robbed a bounty hunter. So I picked like what one of the starting things was wanted because I thought, hey, that'll yeah. be fun. Get into some scrapes, uh, more sort of random encounters. Um, stole their ship. Um, that's also a very cool mechanic once you figure out how to dock. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Which can be tricky. Mm -hmm. uh, once you do that, you know, just raid their ship, take it as your own. Uh, bish bash bosh you can take it back and when you take it claim it or sell it what happens to your because I have a lot of questions about how uh -huh. this functionality works so d does your existing ship you just leave it in space and then teleport <laughs> it's gone back? forever yeah no it's okay. it, you keep it you keep it okay, uh, cool. and it will just make its own way back and basically you have like um, I don't know how many you could have a whole fleet of, mm. of ships like in your garage your space garage yeah um, and you pick one as your home ship Okay. Uh, and I think you can do that. You can sort of choose to do that. I think it does it automatically when you take over a ship. And um, 
what you need to do is like then register it either whenever you land at spaceport or you can mm -hmm. do it in the menu as well okay um and that costs like i don't know 70 or 80 percent of the total value so at first oh, i thought okay. this is going to be easy i take like a really like valuable ship uh steal it take mm. it back to the shipyard and sell it for millions of space dollars yes. and nah it's, it doesn't quite work like that so it's kind of balanced there but I you see. can also just register it mm -hmm. and then build it okay uh, and like sort of adjust it and um there's also a system where you can just uh more of like a basic upgrade for parts you've already got mm -hmm. if you don't want to get lost in amongst all the craziness because it is a bit confusing and mm. there are annoyingly some limitations there you can't make it i want to make this massive long ship yeah couldn't make it past a certain point, but it's already quite big anyway. Did you see that right. someone built an L-shaped ship that uh, none oh. of the enemies could target? <laughs> because like all the mass of it it's was like amazing. way off on one side, and then they put this really thin wing that went out. Yeah. And I guess because okay. the NPCs were targeting the center, center of this yeah. model, right? They just it was kept just missing. This, like thin wing that they were just missing all That's the time. That's amazing. Yeah, that is that is genius. Fantastic. I have not touched this. Mm. In fact, I've been into the shipbuilder and changed the color of the base ship. Mm. Nice. But yeah. I I had a little look in there and thought i don't really understand <laughs> that's just yeah i'm hoping yeah. maybe it'll teach me how same with researching um, stuff as well i've not done yeah. base building but researching stuff i've got so mm. much resources that i've mm. picked up and put in storage uh but i don't know how to or if i can break those down into component parts to actually mm. um you know research stuff with or if i just need to go mine resources so. on planets or what yeah, I've 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 been hoarding stuff as well, and I realized like quite recently that okay, I think it's mostly for base building for the resources, right. so okay. don't worry too much about. It. Or you know, there'll be some things for upgrading weapons and spaceports, um, space suits and stuff. Okay, um, but that's all tied to uh, skills as well. Um, gotcha. Okay. Well, there's there's a couple of things that I really like as well. Like, I think the soundtrack's fantastic. Yeah, the soundtrack oh, is really good. Uh, I yes. really like it. Really good. I, I, yeah. I suppose one of the reasons that I really like the game is that it does feel, in spite of the new features and in spite of the fact that it hasn't really changed that much, mm. it does feel very familiar mm. and comf yeah. comforting as, as like a Bethesda RPG. Um, there was, I had a space dogfight where I... I picked a fight with three big ships and I shouldn't have. <laughs> and they just cool. started blasting the crap out of me. And so I, I was desperately pressing the, you know, repair ship button. Mm -hmm. And I, I hid from them in an asteroid field. And oh then they God. they sort of flew around trying to find me. And then I was able to take them out one by one by just sort of like nipping around through this asteroid field. And that, that felt very cool. That felt very good. Mm -hmm. And it, it was just like... It wasn't even a sort of, I'm going to recreate a Star Wars here. It was just, yeah. oh, God, there's nowhere to hide to in space. <laughs> yeah. I need to hide in this mm. asteroid field. And it and it worked. And that was that was a really cool moment that I had. Yeah. Uh, I think if I'd have died, I would have been really frustrated. Mm. Be like, this is stupid. But mm. the fact that I managed to pull it off made, made it like, oh, like really, really good. Yeah. Um, do you guys have any like peak Bethesda RPG moments, like moments of jankiness or weirdness that, uh, that you've found... Um, not that I can think of mm. specifically, no. But then, you know, as I say, I'm only like three or four hours in. And mm. so I presumably they've at least like got the, the first few missions probably quite well nailed down. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was pretty impressed, actually, just sort of <clears throat> from a technical standpoint. You know, I, I, mm. I had a really good experience with uh, the first few missions, just thinking like this, this works really well for mm -hmm. a Bethesda RPG so far. Yeah. Touch wood. I mean. I imagine the more I play this game, the more janky it will get. But uh, yeah, no, that's that's one thing that I, I can say in my experience so far is that it is actually pretty sort of reliable and, and it's all just sort of working as it should mm -hmm. um, for now. For now. 
James? Um, so in terms of like peak Bethesda bugginess, I uh, not much honestly. Like I said, um, nothing that's like quest breaking. A few funny bits. So um, one of them uh, again, like uh, another feature that I. Uh, it's a small little feature, but I really like uh, the photo mode. You take the photos in there, mm. and it shows up on your loading screens. Oh, does it? Uh, those photos, oh, yeah. That's and I cool. thought it was a really smart thing. I don't okay. know whether they did that. But I feel like I've seen somewhere that they maybe did that on Fallout seventy six. I don't know. I didn't play that game. Yeah, I think <laughs> I think that did happen in Fallout <laughs> yeah, seventy six. Yeah, um, that was. Uh, so I took a couple of pictures of uh, so Sarah, the first person. Not really a spoiler there, but mm -hmm. you know, um, first late. Um, the first lady of space. The first lady of space, yes. And she's uh, she decided to just sit the wrong way on a um, on a seat, so like just glitched out, like facing the the back of the seat sort right. of thing. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like all the the hip school teachers would do, you know, pull up a chair, yeah. and turn it around. Yeah. Um, and then Sarah again, uh, separate instance, uh, both on my ship. Like she's just on a table about this far away from a. Uh, a you know the wall just staring at it and it's just like what are you doing Sarah you've yeah. done it again get down from there stop it you don't um, know what you're doing and then the other uh, the only other thing was uh, oh god it's, it's just gone what was it it was something really kind of oh yeah so I had a, uh, a conversation with um, somebody in uh, like an NPC in a bar one of the many bars mm -hmm. and uh, he's you know quite trying to be quite a, an edgelord sort of character mm. uh, without giving anything away and then there's just one of the uh, the crowd NPCs that look noticeably worse and often quite startled. Yes. Um, another weird one, but you know they're they're set dressing. You don't pay too much attention. Mm -hmm. That's that's how I've sort of gone around that. Yeah. Um, it, it was so close to the person, just bug eyed, looking at them like a Ooh. giving them the side eye. Yeah, and then they sort of go out of that uh, because, you know, conversations are happening in real time and whatnot. And then, you know, like 20 seconds later, he just barges in front. So he's in between both of us. <laughs> and he's like, hey, hey, what's going on? And gradually pushing you further away and pushing him further mm. away. And it's yeah. just like, that was, I mean, it was just funny. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I love those moments anyway. I'm a massive Bethesda apologist. So, you yeah. know, I, I do love um, those sort of silly things. Mm -hmm. um, I had exactly the same thing yeah. where someone was just desperately trying to walk through the person I was talking to. And they'd like and take us, they'd take like a tiny little circle and then they'd come back and then they'd just walk up to them and their <laughs> entire body would go, like, yeah. like they'd shake about and then they'd walk off. About a couple of shaking NPCs and well, try yeah. again. One bug I did actually, I, I have thought of one bug yeah. that I did encounter. I was in New Atlantis and I was speaking to someone in the street and I, it, I was initiating conversations. It was the first thing they said mm -hmm. and the camera light zoomed in on them and they spoke and their mouth didn't move at all. And I thought, <laughs> oh, are there, are there telepaths in this game? Because <laughs> oh, right. I just like played and then I like <laughs> picked another, you know, a response and then they just responded with mouth movement. I was like, mm -hmm. oh, okay, it just right. didn't run the animation. <laughs> just wasn't doing it there. Yeah. Uh, there like, is yeah. something that's going around on the internet at the moment that I tried last night and it does work in uh, Aquila City. Yes. Place, isn't it? Oh, I'm really loving that, by the way. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll sort of mention a few other things I've Go remembered on. that, uh, sorry to interrupt. Mm -hmm. um, the, the settings, like New Atlantis is... I don't know. I'm super not impressed by that, but I've not been to Neon yet. Aquila right. City is miles better. Yes, it's got like a the weird filter, like every it's other like a dusty sort of place. western. Yeah, place but now. The, the amount of detail there is is crazy. And yeah, the more I go through like the the quest signs as well, which again I've barely touched. Mm -hmm. The more I go through those, those are pretty cool. But anyway, Aquila City. Aquila City. There is a puddle near the entrance oh, yeah. where if you crouch down, oh, you gain yes. access to the entire inventory of a local shop. Yeah, and it doesn't count. That's in previous yeah games. it doesn't it's count like as stealing thing, isn't it yeah um and i have been wow. in there because it's my adventure i have been in 
yeah, and I've taken his all his credits. I've no. taken all his good weapons and suits. Um, I've taken job his, his med oh. med packs and uh, whatever the the lock pick things yeah. are in this game. Digi picks, <laughs> and then I've sat on a chair outside his shop. Waited 48 <laughs> hours and robbed him again. And uh, I've done that over and oh over again. God. And I've I've got... I mean, money isn't really an issue in this game because I find that you yeah. get quite a lot from selling stuff and mm -hmm. also the missions give you a lot of money. Mm. Oh, yeah. So you never really have to worry about money. But the resources themselves, like the, the Digipix in particular, that was a very useful sort of like yeah. grind to just get like a dozen Digipix yeah. for nothing. That's really cool. One, uh, one random encounter. Okay, very, 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 very small spoiler. Go I'm going to say um, just in terms of like random encounters that you can come across. Okay. Uh, I, I love the fact that they are like, I was worried that they wouldn't be as apparent because, you know, you're fast traveling and stuff. So that's one thing that the game maybe doesn't tell you. If you go to like uh, orbit certain planets, there's more chances of like random stuff. Yeah, there's more chances of you getting attacked with mm. the ship combat. Mm. And the ship combat is very difficult at first. But. Um, you can also have weird stuff like this. I had a um, a tour guide come across and like mm. just hail me and say like, "Hey, it's a real captain." Okay, be quiet, everybody. Um, can <laughs> I can I uh, ask you a few questions for this tour group? And then they just go through some just stupid, silly questions Amazing. that they're going. Nice. And it's like, "Oh, uh, is it true that a captain has uh, a person in every port?" If you know what I mean, you know, pour le more. And then you know, cough just before saying you know, very bluntly. It, mm. There are there are silly bits in this game, despite it seeming like very. Um, uh, I don't know, very, again, serious, po-faced is mm -hmm. the, the phrase I'm thinking of here. Yes. Seems very po-faced at first. And it's very like, um, oh, we're going to be explorers. Uh, you must take this very seriously. There's still quite a lot of silly things yeah. off the yeah. beaten path. And um, yeah, I was I was very impressed with that. And yeah, in terms of um, just other things, I've just remembered like just gunplay in general is fantastic mm -hmm. yeah uh, it's much I, better than it was for sure yeah yeah it's it's just incredible um and with the boost pack as well i think boost that, packing that really yes yes yeah. that was that was literally just <laughs> on yeah. the on the it's good my tongue uh, so my character is mm. called, or was called, I've since gone to one of those like rejuvenation places and redesigned oh, my character yes. because I wanted to role play Only as this character and then and then didn't really feel like I could. So I, just, yeah. I mm. just end up making him look like me and just I'll just play however right. I want, basically. Mm. Uh, but it, it's a niche reference to uh, uh, a sitcom called 30 Rock uh, with a character played by Chris Parnell, who yeah. people will know as Jerry Smith from Rick and Morty. Mm. And... Oh. Uh, He's yeah, in okay. Archer and he's in loads of stuff. Yeah. You know, you'll know his voice. Uh, and he played a character called Dr. Leo Spachemon, but it was spelled Spaceman. All right. And his okay, his client always used to call him Dr. Spaceman. So I thought, okay, I'll be Dr. Leo Spachemon, spelled Spaceman. And mm -hmm. I did my best to Incredible. create a character that looked like Chris Parnell, but couldn't really do it. Yeah. Uh, and I gave him the background of like a combat medic, uh, wanted and something yeah. else as well. And because uh, I thought before knowing what the skills were, I thought I'll just be like really good at medicine, but also a, a bit of a dick to everyone. Mm. I thought it was a bit weird being asked which re religion you want to join. And I was like, I have no yeah, idea. Yeah, that no. was, Why I felt the same. I don't know what the context is yeah. for any of these at the moment. I really like that. 
I really like the fact that they've thought about repeat playthroughs because they've um, yeah it's one of the repeat like, yeah, yeah but but yeah I I sort of took a pun I agree with you like first playthrough you don't know what's what's going on same with like you know picking three star collective native or UC native or whatever mm-hmm. or the neon one um, I went with three star and just took a punt because I just had this whole like well I'm not going to be a corpo narc and I don't like the mm. UC. Um, but I'll go with the the cowboy lands as much as I know about it so far. So yeah, but yeah, um, yeah. So yes, Doctor Ben Spaceman, as mm. he's now known, yes. Doctor Ben Spaceman, um, is is running around and stuff. And when Doctor Leo Spaceman first arrived on uh, mm. at New Atlantis, yeah, I was very tired and I just started playing, and also I couldn't be bothered. So I saved the game and I just opened fire on everyone <laughs> just to see what would happen. Yeah. It's got to be done. So I left yeah. this to, from my ship. I left this just trail of murder and disruption in my wake. And to get to the constellation or the lodge for your first proper mission, you have to go on that little fast transit system, a little metro Mm -hmm. thing. And you can't interact with the door uh, if you're Mm -hmm. in combat. So I was like, I know how these games work. I know Mm -hmm. before I knew that, uh, that basically all you do when it does work is you interact with the door and then it gives you a destination. I thought it was just you open the door, then you go in, then you select a console and you choose where to go. I made the assumption that, hey, I bet the console is in there that I can interact with. So I jumped down into like the well underneath (laughs) it and I jumped up and mashed the A button and I managed to interact with the system inside and get out of there. Uh, So clearly the intent was originally for you to open the door and then interact with something inside and they decided... Yeah. Maybe that's too many steps. Maybe mm. we should just do the door. But I was able to cheat my way out of, and that nice. was, a, again, a very Bethesda bit of design where you can just yeah. sort of brute force your way through the, through You've the game. You've already, yeah, With some knowledge of how, <laughs> they, how they make them. I will just say, well, cool. as you mentioned, the lodge, mm. I, that was one thing where when I walked in there, I was like, oh, it's nice in here, you know, because mm. up until that point, pretty much everything has been white or gray yeah. or maybe brown. Dusty. Yeah, dusty. Yeah, and I suppose, to be yeah. fair, the lodge is mostly brown, but it's a warm, welcoming brown. And it there is. are leather chairs. Yeah. yeah, and I thought, this is it's nice. Classic, I thought, like, if, yeah. if this game throws, you know, this kind of thing at me where, all right, yeah, yeah. most of the sort of the, the, the wider scale is... is you know, has yeah. that aesthetic that it has. Uh, but if there, if there's going to be some nice pops of here's an interesting place with yeah. like a completely different, you know, style to it, then, mm. you know, I can mm. cope with that. That's, that that'd be nice. nice. Yeah, absolutely. I, um, I want to talk about, uh, it's been very sort of a scad, I know, but um, planet exploration as well. So I've uh-huh. done uh, a fair bit of that because, I don't know, despite myself, I feel like initially it seems really boring mm-hmm. and it's something that you can completely ignore mm-hmm. if you don't want to um, yeah. get involved with that. It's essentially just a checklist mm-hmm. on a planet, but... Yeah. I've I've seen quite a few variations now, and there are some really nice looking planets. Yeah, with would love a vehicle. There. Would yeah, really love a great. vehicle to move the around. The vehicles, on space horse, would yeah. be nice. And again, these are all things that like I really thought it was stupid that you didn't have a yeah you know, space horse or something yeah. like that um, to zip around on. But the more I the more I go through, the more I just kind of like get it, and I'm like, you know, I mean, maybe it's part compromise maybe it's stockholm syndrome i don't know yeah. but um i i really am enjoying the um just discovering it for like you know peaceful sort of zen moments in between mm. yeah and you've got a lot of like um very very like uh so scanning like you know the flora and fauna minerals and then like uh unique sort of things uh mm. characteristics and uh weird sort of natural structures um yeah, yeah structures like formations i guess mm. um 
that pop up and uh those are really cool the uh randomized stuff like it, it so you know how it works basically by now it's it's like a, it ge- it generates like a, a big tile mm. yeah uh, based on the planet characteristics and then it pops up like a few sort of points of interest around that mm. um initially i was a little bit disappointed and, and thought well i came across like a few that seemed a bit similar in a row like caves or you know abandoned space stations and stuff mm. i thought well, okay not super exciting uh, hopefully they sort of add more or again modders mm. but it's having that sort of popped uh, you know dotted in between other things it feels a lot more sort of natural when you're not sort of going out and looking for that specifically non-stop yeah. the i think the best thing i can't remember where i saw it but someone had kind of said words to this effect that it's basically the exploration is is quest driven not wander off in a random direction like right. every other Bethesda game. Yeah. You find something that gives you a reason to go there and then you get lost. That's exactly what happened to me last night. I was doing a main quest. I'm like, Jesus Christ, this place is cool. And then that's what led to me putting down an outpost. Yeah. And then those sort of things just lead you off into like distraction territory mm. uh-huh. for, you know, hours potentially. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think it's just been absolutely mind-blowing. There's, there's that sort of level of uh, Bethesda immersion it sounds stupid right but in my head it has that sort of immersion because you are you can interact with so much Mm -hmm. and you are in first person and there's loads of things breaking down and there's loads of loading screens but it's still got that sort of level of like this here has potential yeah and then whatever they do with that is is cool but yeah uh planets lots of cool planets lots of uh interesting stuff to do I'm really looking forward to getting more stuck into it because yeah. I've I've literally just stopped on a couple of planets because mm. I wanted to see the 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 lunar module on the moon mm. and That's go, go that, and yeah. visit <laughs> uh, go and visit some some sites on Earth. Hint mm. hint, uh, which was which mm. was really interesting. Newcastle, um, Newcastle, <laughs> yes. Uh, this podcast room actually, the bridges are still uh, there. But uh, <laughs> yeah, like we'll we'll obviously keep talking about Starfield mm. as the weeks go by. I'm sure Ashton, mm. when she gets back from her plops, uh, will have some thoughts when she's able to play more and Peter hopefully you start to enjoy it a bit more yeah, fingers crossed. maybe so, you'll just yeah. maybe you'll just bloody hate it yeah, yeah. maybe you'll just bloody hate it maybe uh, but in summary before mm. we uh, before we wrap things up let's quickly very quickly cover what we think this means for Game Pass because yeah. they have said in like outwardly that they feel that this is the start of sort of the the the, the starting gun so to speak for like a series yeah. of top-notch exclusives going forwards. Um, Pure Xbox reported last week that Xbox Series X and S sales jumped up 73% in the week ending September the 2nd, uh, just when Starfield was becoming available via early access, and that was in the UK. And I'm sure we'll hear more stories like that uh, in the coming weeks because despite the reviews settling on, what, like 84%-ish on Metacritic, Mm. people are going wild for this game. Mm. It's the only thing that's showing up on my social media, and I know that's tuned to algorithms and stuff, Mm. but it does seem like people are going crazy crazy for it so peter what do you think is this is this a very promising sign of things to come i think so i mean i got game pass specifically to play this game wow. um, the, it, i've not like felt the need there to you know i've had enough to play just about on uh playstation so i've not felt the need to get game pass even though i've always mm. known and, and believed it to be a good deal but i was like mm. yeah this is you know i have to now because of the exclusivity so that was mm. a great great move for them um but i'm even debating i'm i'm thinking about possibly uh, this being the the moment that gets me to buy uh, an Xbox, like a series, probably X, given that perhaps on S it doesn't 
quite yes. run the way it should. Uh, like gentlemen, we got okay, him. But yeah, well, <laughs> it seems like the S's days, despite Microsoft's well, that's assertions, the otherwise, they yeah. it might be sort of numbered. That's that's the other reason is that if I do end up, you know, getting into Xbox gaming as well, then you know, the S is not necessarily being. Um, uh, endorsed by developers so much. Anymore. At this point, I wouldn't recommend it. Yeah, no. it was a great idea. Yeah, yeah but I've, I've got a good. My God, yeah. I've got a good run out of mine. I must say. Yeah, mm. but uh, yeah, I think it's it's a it's been a really good uh, get for nice. Microsoft and for Xbox, and uh, you know, it it hopefully is the sign for them. Hopefully, it's the sign of good things to come. If they continue to do this, then uh, it could be you know a, a huge move for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. James Jenkins, what do you think? So I think obviously it's very good for them. Uh, it's it's proven that so what was it? It was like six million players was confirmed after like the first week. Mm-hmm. Um, how they pull those metrics? It's it's um, a shame that we can't get those concrete details and where exactly and, and the split between like Game Pass and Steam, yeah, and actual new sales. players, <clears throat> new, yeah. new Xbox players versus old. <clears throat> yeah, um, it's it's huge. It's uh, I think. It's interesting that despite the um, reviews, I mean, let's be honest, like, you know, mid 80s, mid to high 80s is a damn good game. Mm. So that's a pretty good uh, review score anyway. um, I have beef with review scores just being silly fundamentally as a concept, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. it's a good shorthand for that. Uh, Despite all that, and despite a lot of like complaints with uh, certain things, it's not for everybody, but the hype has sort of driven it. And For once, it it it's good that it didn't launch with like a cyberpunk level of like, oh my god, it's gonna be amazing. Oh Jesus, yeah. it's just fallen hit through the, the floor. Ground. Yeah, that's yeah. true. <laughs> um, so that's fantastic. I think it's uh, it's great news, obviously for pushing ahead with that. But it's my my weird thing is that it's almost not quite what I think people expected it because like it's. So I've got here, it's, it's the most RPG-like RPG that Professor has done for a long while, even maybe before Skyrim, since maybe Oblivion. And um, what, yeah, what, what I mean by that is that it it doesn't seem like super accessible, mm. hence all the complaints we've had. Mm, yeah. um, but it's one of those for people that really love that sort of Bethesda formula, that uh, want to dive into like a certain sort of system or several different mechanics in the game um, that just want to get lost in that sort of game. And there's, yeah. you know, it's amazing that I just love the fact that you've got those different skills and traits and starting like, um, you know, uh, backgrounds for that sort of thing. Mm. Um, it really lends into that sort of element of like role playing. Um, yes, there's a lot of like menus. There's a lot of things that maybe get in the way for that for some people, but as I said before, like the foundation is there. It's a proper sort of nerdy game. <laughs> yeah. And it's kind of weird that it's become like mainstream as well. So it's mm. almost being positioned as this mainstream thing. And I think that combined with what we talked about with the the, the slow start, maybe is uh, going to be a detracting point for uh, Game Pass, for new Game Pass subscribers. People that come on, try it out for a few hours and think, what the hell's going on? Yeah, this isn't grabbing be. me at all. Mm. Um, that is a weird one and it may sort of be to their detriment. But again, with with you know, you've got like Halo and Gears are like still 
the biggest names that you sort of think of with like Xbox exclusivity and stuff. Mm. Um, those have been dwindling since, you know, the Xbox One days. Mm. Yeah. Um, Halo Infinite wasn't, you know, it had its its good points, but it didn't set the fizzled. world on fire. It has yeah. fizzled out. Uh, it's been a long time since Gears, and you've got stuff like Forza and Flight Sim that are really good for what they do. Um, you know, but they're quite niche at the same time. I think a lot of people did play Flight Sim at least a little bit, but yeah. they're quite niche sort of titles. So it's great that they've got something that's almost this uh, accessible. Yeah. Um, it's a thing that people want to play. And yeah. Yeah. yeah and, and it's really promising that people, you know, there might be quite a lot of drop off, but people who play for a little bit seem to be keeping on playing. Yes. Like they seem to keep playing. And that is fantastic news. And yeah, that's probably the best sort of result that they could have asked for, really. Mm. Um, if, you know, the, the alternative, let's say a year from now, they get the deal with Activision and they say, ha ha ha, joke's on you. We're going to make it exclusive after we all. We lied. Yes. And um, say Call of Duty is now exclusive. Yeah. I don't think that will have had, uh, you know, just forget about the inevitable flip storm that's going to go on if that does happen. Mm, yeah, yeah. It probably won't. Legally, it can't. Um, but if they did that and it was that sort of game that's exclusive, you know, I I don't know whether it would have as big as of an impact. It's weird. Mm. I I feel like it would have a different sort of impact, at least. This is, this is a very strange one to be like, this is our flagship game. And I really like that because it's a game that feels, yes, it's old school, but it also feels like some of the old square aspects actually work in its favor in that when we're sticking to the old formula that you guys love from like Bethesda that the real fans love. So yeah. like, yeah, it's good news overall. Mm -hmm. Weird that they've got like such a nerdy RPG, I guess, <laughs> as, a, as their flagship. But, yeah, yeah, yeah I, I, I get what you mean. I think mm. it's, it's one of those games that wasn't, clearly wasn't always going to be an exclusive and so a lot of people wanted to play it and mm. it's from a known name yeah it is a new ip that's still annoying though, but also it's like you mm. know as i said it's a game that people want to play rather than a game that people hear about coming to game pass and go i'll give it a try i think yeah. most people who played starfield that's really wanted difference. to play starfield yeah. um we've been talking about it for a while on this podcast and other people have talked about it all across mm. the industry as well about how this the uh, Xbox needed this win, uh, coming off the back of a couple of mm -hmm. quite disappointing or underperforming uh, exclusives and flagship titles for Game Pass. And I don't think anyone, even if it's not for you, I don't think anyone can argue that that this hasn't absolutely been that for them. Yeah. Uh, this is everything that they needed it to be and more. And if they can keep this momentum going, then that's great. That's great for people who are subscribed to Game Pass. That's great for people who aren't subscribed to Game Pass and only have PlayStation because it'll only make them pull their finger out and and perhaps make some games to compete with the likes yeah. of Starfield. So uh, this can only mean good things. You know, a strong, healthy mm -hmm. industry is good for everybody. So yeah. uh, we will see how their next game on Game Pass or their next big exclusive performs yeah. yeah i think there was a surprising amount of actual sales so it's not just lifted yeah, up entirely by game that's pass. that's a crazy thing as well who's buying and um it? <laughs> yeah. stop it just get it's like game pass. With you. bonkers well okay. thank you so much for listening slash watching everybody mm. as always let us know what you thought of everything we've discussed today how are you finding starfield mm. we want to know yeah let's know there's a Tell few us. places around the internet that you can find us peter's gonna kick us off and tell us a couple of them now. We are at youtube.com and twitch.tv forward slash team triple jump. All of our videos go on YouTube and most of our streams happen on Twitch, but occasionally we do some special little treat streams on oh, YouTube as well. 
Yeah, specials. James, you want to do the blue Excellent. ones? I can do Ashton that. Matthews. So, um, yes, you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram at forward slash team triple jump. And on Patreon. Sign up to our Patreon. There's lots of cool stuff there. So Patreon.com forward slash team triple jump. Thank you so much. Triplejuu.mp is our website. That's where you can find links to literally everything that we do. And why not leave a five star review slash rating on your platform of choice? It helps something to do with Al Gore's rhythms. Don't forget about that auction. Triplejuu.mp forward slash auction. Yes, go bid on some art and some slime. Slime. <laughs> go get yourself oh some slime. Oh my God. I foolishly said yesterday on my stream that, um, yeah, I don't know whether it's an empty box or something it's kind of weird that we signed an empty box no, it's, it's actual it's slime there's a sachet there's in there slime. Wow. it's the used one that we, we've taken a, a slime out for us top value Lab. yeah go mm. get it go ruin your plumbing as Peter <laughs> said yeah. uh, just enough time to talk about this week's sponsor again which is mm. of course the Northumberland Wild... Wildlife Wildlife Park. Parks uh, Mortal okay. Wombat Juan uh, who you can go and visit next Friday uh, go give him a pet he's very aware of his own mortality it's uh, it's lovely Thank you, James Jenkins. Thanks, James. Thank you very much. We will see you next time. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.